Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What is up, Gypsy Gang? The official Gypsy Gang. We are back for another epic episode of the podcast and my guest today is none other than hard enduro legend Cody Webb. I first met Cody location scouting for his first big Red Bull project back in 2016. We have been friends ever since. With his unique trials background, Cody was one of the pioneers of the American hard enduro and endurocross scene and has won titles in each discipline. Cody is also a qualified engineer and continued with his degree while training as a racer full-time. Now, before we get into this episode, though, I want to share with you some awesome news regarding our first ever race, the Gypsy Tales 500, happening in Mesquite, Nevada on the 9th of March this coming year. Verb, Moto, and Gypsy Tales are putting on an eight-hour Grand Prix-style event in Mesquite, Nevada, using one of my favorite events, Australia's Transmoto Series, as inspiration. This will be an eight-hour team or solo, if you're a savage, race with your boys or your girls. The course will consist of a tamed-down moto track and, and an off-road loop averaging 20-minute lap times with the goal of having fun, having some beers, and racing your buddies. And it's also worth noting that this is a 125cc and up race, so no mini bikes are allowed. Now, as far as the course goes, it's going to be part moto and part off-road. Sunday's loop will be a unique course with an average lap time of around 20 minutes. The loop will include terrain for the average rider along with tamed down motocross tracks, so no mandatory doubles or any of that stuff. Again, this is a vibe race and will be built for all rider levels. Basically, you just start the race and you do as many laps as a team as you can in 8 hours and 20 minutes, 500. 500 minutes overall aka gypsy tales 500 for more information head to verbmoto.com slash gypsy tales 500 oh, i reckon we fucking hook in good yeah everything's done yeah katie webb yeah we're doing the podcast yeah. after <laughs> not seeing each other for six years maybe i don't know we did 2016 i think was that donner, donner party, party thing and then uh adelaide i don't know when that was 2018 i think oh your brother was there it was your brother yeah 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 the aussie accents they kind of blend in you know yeah 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 no i get that but uh and then would we have seen each other though like TKO maybe oh Tennessee. yeah maybe I think he went there once when yeah. Wes came out and yeah. did the whole filming for that so yeah it's been uh, quite a while but I mean we spent like a full yeah not a week but like a lot of time yeah like in that first, cabin yeah, and then yeah, uh, yeah. 
all day every day on the mountain up there in Donner that was really cool too. yeah like that was a and I don't know if you remember but I was fresh off that gnarly kidney surgery oh yeah that's right it wasn't that long after that dude it was so soon after that and I was I was shooting on that slow motion camera so I was just humping that thing like up and down I've there was like I mean I don't remember the numbers but it was like miles like we did miles and miles of carrying cameras and tripods up and down and like I remember were you there when we were scouting as well yeah I think I yeah I showed up early with the scout and then Taylor showed up later yeah but yeah we walked a ton then and then there's only so many access roads and the terrain there is like so gnarly that you can't you can't you can't get to it on a bike or a utv like you have to hike in yeah and i took you guys to some pretty bad spots because i had been there before you guys even showed up yeah, yeah. i'm like this would be sweet i'm all excited and what are just what seven seven thousand feet i don't know how many meters that is but i mean we were pretty far up there too yeah remember i had my dog with me as well oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and the dog was just cruising around he was loving the dog it. was pumped he was loving life he was loving it. he's still going going strong yeah he's in oz now nice yeah so migrated him that was a whole thing oh yeah I'm but yeah sure. he's he's living the dream in australia right now doing his thing but no dude that was such a fun trip eh? it was like an underrated video too i yeah, don't think, I think it, it did was, as well as what like it was good if that makes sense i think it was too soon for that type of content to come out like, i think so i think feel like right after that or maybe around that same time like danny mccaskill was doing all the crazy stuff and now you got like fabio wibner yeah so yeah, i feel yeah. like Fabio like exploded with his like crazy what office at home when he was riding all the crazy mountain bike stuff yeah in his yeah. yard during shutdown and nothing to do and I feel like if we had waited for that video to come out and released it during like COVID it probably would have gone way gnarlier because no one had anything to do and like all branches of motorsports and two wheel enthusiasts yeah, would have like seen it you know? yeah, yeah. Everyone, that, that. but it was it was too soon but like man some of the stuff like looking back at it like we have a US Harden Row race there now in the last few years oh so sick I mean, we're still having dirt bike races there. It's a, you know, it's a huge, a pretty good ski size facility for a ski ranch. Obviously, run down and outdated, but it's private property, so you can kind of do whatever you want there. That's how we're able to do that film. But it's cool to be like walking the track with some of the other racers who obviously have all seen it. And I'm like, oh, we did this. Oh, Taylor and I scouted this. Taylor was psycho. He wanted to try this, but I told him it's a bad idea. Like yeah, there yeah. was some stuff we didn't even try because, you know, he, and, and Taylor broke, remember Taylor broke, broke his, his middle his, finger? Yeah, like first day. First day. First, like first section, yeah. first everything, <laughs> like first feature that you so guys hit he won. He won toughest guy award for dealing with that. He didn't complain at all. No, the very minimal. Like, yeah, he didn't complain. He just did his shit. Like there was maybe one or two shots where he was like, I've just don't know that i got this i think there was one near the end remember we jumped off the deck yep. onto that downhill staircase and then we like rode across the parking lot and like went up a little ledge but like i think he was fine till he had to pull up on the bars but he couldn't pull because the end of the middle finger was broke so i remember he just like ran straight into the rock and i almost hit him so obviously that got cut from the film but little things like that people don't realize it was like he did the whole thing hurt oh man and like it was there was some gnarly stuff in that too like the uh the fire road the ski like where you were jumping off that like that was a pretty big huck and there's like there's no practice runs at that oh yeah thing, you know it's, it's just do like, or die ah, almost yeah. Like, yeah that looks about right and i'm like the trials guy and you got taylor like coming from the moto background and i was like i just have to do this first because if i'm not gonna be able to do it like i have to do it now so we just like I think we shot that maybe three times where we like stepped onto that roof and then launched off across like a pad road, whatever it was. 
and remember we had to like clear out the land there's rocks everywhere and bushes like yeah yeah I look at that photo sometimes still like and it just it baffles my mind some of the stuff I did but I was just young and didn't care and I wanted to make some cool stuff for everyone well what was that uh project in the timeline of like your Red Bull deal and like Red Bull kind of was was, that like your first big Red Bull project that was yeah my first big one we've done a couple other little things since but like that was my first yeah yeah full year with Red Bull I think Taylor had a year before me as well and there's just been so many talks about Donner partying too, but something different. And like, we kind of get the gears rolling and things start happening and then it kind of just dwindles away again. So I'm just, I'm clinging in there hoping for another attempt for something similar. So we'll see. Well, the content's just weird now. Yeah. Like it's just very, I mean, even Red Bull content, like I don't exactly shoot for Red Bull these days in the way that I used to, but it's like, basically they want to make a hundred tiktoks in a row (laughs) like that's a web edit now is like all right let's have all these bits that could go on tiktok and then we'll like cram them together yeah i guess now it's like very beastified yeah a bunch of just shorter viral clips and the attention span of everyone now is just so minimal like i mean there's some stuff i'll watch where it's super interesting but i felt like the donner partying video we did was just like banger after banger like there was not very there's no downtime yeah and no offense to Wes Wes might hear this but honestly the music we put on that clip kind of ruined it I yeah thought. yeah but I think that that's kind of one of the bummers with yeah. Red Bull is like you just kind of have a library that You're you have to pick to from yeah. and then you kind of can't go left and right like I know in the uh, fucking Moto, Moto Spy Hunter had a segment and they're just like, dude, please let me have, like, just let me spend some money on a song. And they're just like, no, nah, we can't. Nah, like, yeah, leave. we'll spend all the money on the budget to, like, make this cool video. But well, I don't think, like, legal think can even clear yeah, it, you know what I mean? It's like actual legal shit. Yeah. Where they're just like, no, nah, we can't do it. But then, you know, there was so many cool shots and even just the aerial stuff of up there. Like, I mean, we rented that crazy helicopter with like that was 8k so like sick. like at that time that was yeah the gnarliest net probably a normal camera now but like it probably pretty still expensive to this day and i remember like we had chp california High patrol shut the yeah, road shut down. The bridge down and i think there was like um comets or something that night do you remember one of the ni- we were like yeah. taylor and i are ripping up the road like this crazy yeah yeah historic road and people are like sleeping in the back of their pickup trucks and like getting mad to at us stargaze. at 6 a.m yeah, yeah, yeah they were leftover stargazers from the night before and here we are like roads closed ripping back and forth getting shots and the helicopter flying above so it was uh it was funny. They didn't. They didn't look too happy to see us out there. Man, that, that I feel like that was probably the time in my life where I started to take in moments. And like you, re- think when you're really young, you don't take that much in. You kind of just yeah. you just doing all the shit that's in front of you. And I think like I don't know, maybe the whole kidney thing and getting fucked up. And <laughs> uh, I just I remember vividly. I had to for the shot that you're talking about that morning shot where like CHP closed it down. I had to hike the phantom camera all the way up onto the ridge like oh no it wasn't the phantom we didn't need it for that it was just a red with like a massive long lens and i just had a perch that i like we that was one of the spots we scouted and it was just me walking up with a tripod at fucking 4 35 in <laughs> before the, the way yeah, before, before the sun, the sun came sun out i had to prep for that shot yeah yeah and i'm just me and my dog <laughs> <laughs> just walking up there and i just perched up and i i really remember 
just that scene, that bridge, the road, the yeah, way the bridge, come, the, the lake down at the bottom. Yeah, and, and I it, remember looking at those shots because I, I remember literally almost where you were. Yeah, to yeah, a T, and like yeah. we were looking at the shots on the Phantom, just so psyched. Yeah, every time, like that was. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the Phantom on that one, but like looking at the shots, well, it's just crazy. The gnarly. You remember? There's a shot where. You're doing that. You built a little rock. Yeah, I built and that you, rock kicker and, you, and huge splatter. And you remember the butterfly? The butterfly was just like, <laughs> you could see the wings flapping. And as I'm like almost past Vert and like Taylor's in the background. Yep. In yep. that shocks. We're both hitting like a similar, same wall, but like he was farther down. But yeah, the butterfly wings was, that was cool. We were, Dude, we were I stoked need to dust on off that. the camera. I'm like getting, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm Jones in a bit now. That, man, that's like probably the coolest part of being involved with Red Bull is that like that type of stuff you know they just get an opportunity to fully express wh- how you saw dirt biking and yeah you, i mean we'll obviously talk about your career but still got such a unique background of trials you do trials on a real dirt bike yeah you know and there's like not there's a few guys but there's not many guys that do that and you were you wanted to like send it but trial style and i mean even one of the gnarly ones was the drop off the dam Oh yeah, that was fucking gnarly. yeah. Because there was not a lot. It was yeah. You had to like hit it at Kinda an angle and like try and fall into it. Because if you like did it completely sideways, you would just land and slide out. But then you couldn't land. A, you couldn't go straight off. You'd land a flat. So it was like the best part was. Remember, it was like the drinking water dam and yeah. Uh, I think hacksaw was was it hacksaw that helped us out. Hacksaw. hacksaw. That's he was right. buddies with Sean Palmer back in the day. Yeah, they rode yeah. mountain bikes. Yeah, yeah. But he helped build and he was up there, so like he had the intel. But the and he built like that little kind of yeah. hacksaw's playground or yeah, whatever yeah. he called it. But remember, they wouldn't let us ride the dam, but yeah. we we did and shot it all anyways, and waited to hear. And basically, it was kind of like we'll ask. Yeah. It's better to ask for forgiveness yeah. after yeah. the fact. So he's like, okay, well, only if they really trust themselves to be able to do it. We had already, we didn't tell them we had already filmed everything, and <laughs> we we're just waiting on letting us use the footage from that. So it's pretty funny, like doing cool wall rides on that dam and dropping off of it, and just kind of you know just waiting for opportunity and acting like we hadn't done it yet yeah a pretty unique shoot in dirt bikes yeah like when i think it was about so it, different know. than anything before that really yeah and no one really did too much like that i mean it was as real like kind of big mountain backcountry as you can do a moto film really yeah i think it was you know obviously with mountain bikes you're stuck to going downhill on big sends and drops off that but like the advantage the advantage of being on dirt bikes is you can go up and down stuff so it was like kind of this weird technical sendy yeah. video like nothing was crazy huge but like the consequences were really bad so <laughs> it was huge at the same time <laughs> yeah it just rocks everywhere oh yeah like everything that you did it's like you crash you're in rocks yeah break a finger like taylor robert but no it was that was one of the coolest videos i mean for sure to me to this day that was the coolest thing to be a part of and video to be i've done and then I remember there was some line in the back. It was maybe the last day, but I was trying to rear tire hop like yep. three rocks yeah, in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we got everything set up. I was like, oh, I've seen this, like just playing around. We're always looking for something new, right? And I think I did it before you guys even set the camera up. I'm thinking about trying to rear tire all these rocks, and I like greased it first try. First go. And then I don't, I'm, I think do you remember I how many it. times I tried? No one got it on camera. Yeah, I, I missed it. No one was even filming. Yeah. Maybe just West saw it, and they're like, this is awesome. And I think yeah. I spent like the next, probably 45 minutes yeah. crat. I went over the bars like 
clean over the bars, you know, like where you see it coming, you can jump through and land on your feet. But finally we got it and it was, it was a really good shot, but not as good as it could have been like the very first try, but I had given up by then. I was like, this is too hard. I can't, this is too much guys. Oh yeah. And I remember, I remember that one super well. Yeah. I remember that you basically were just like, I'll just try and see if I can do it. And I'm like setting up my camera, like trying to get it. And that Phantom, it's like two minutes per shot. (laughs) So like for people that have never, it's like this crazy slow motion camera. I think it was like $100,000 basically. Is it like a 1200 frames per second? Like you go up to like frames per second. It could go up to like 1800 or 2400, but the the resolution got smaller the more that you went in. And then with the shutter speeds, you'd have to run a much higher shutter speed, which will brought the light down so you kind of always had to find a balance between frame rate frame resolution and then the light that you had available so you kind of they were pretty tricky to use but it's like basically the camera's always rolling and then at the end of the shot once the shot's over you have to press record basically and it backwards records for two minutes or whatever because it records to the cache on the camera itself so then you have to it you do your end record then you go back and then you have to watch the shot set your in and out point and then it, <laughs> and then it saves, saves to the memory card on the camera which is basically just like this huge ssd drive so that whole shoot i'm like running around with this fucking gnarly hundred thousand dollar camera with the batteries <laughs> were like a backpack and a huge tripod <laughs> and just like a full-on donkey and uh and then and I was like, did you get it? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. I'm like, just give me a minute. <laughs> it takes a while to I catch up. time, dude. I, burnt your, I feel like you remember saying your calves were like burning one day. You're like, I can't even walk anymore. My calves hurt. Dude, I was smoked. <laughs> yeah. Like so smoked. There was one, I think it was like the day, there was one day, it, it might have been the last day. I remember we got all the way to the top of the hill, basically. Yeah, yeah, and I think they, that was like, by the last day. Yeah, the heli did the circles around you guys. and like, Oh, you had to cock, hike all the way to the top. I walked all the way to the just, top just for, for the fist, fist bump. bump. That's yeah, it, yeah. 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 And then uh, Wes was like, we could go all the way to the top. And I'm like, oh, we could go just here. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, it's kind of going to look the same. Yeah. And then Wes was like, no, nah, we should no. Go, definitely go to the top. It made it worth it. It made it worth it. And it it was. Thank you. Made it it worth it. Yeah. It was one of those things, though. Like, I feel like that was my entire film career is looking back at, like, I would go on these shoots. Like, Alaska was one. We did one at Alaska for um, Mountain Man. Do you ever, you know, um, Darren fucking, Darren Rolls? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. He also, he did that race this year at the US Hard Enduro one. Yeah, he loves it. He's a good dirt bike rider, too. Yeah, yeah, Gnarly skier. Yep. Great dirt bike rider. Yeah, so he did, his event was called Mountain Man in Alaska. And so me and Anthony, actually, when Anthony was at Red Bull, we went to Anchorage. We got this fuck off huge motorhome and we drove it for like seven hours into the arctic circle and then we just posted up and neither of us knew how to use this motorhome we left the gas on the first night run out of gas there was no way to get more so we were sleeping in our snowboarding gear the entire rest of the week it was that cold bro fully (laughs) boots everything blankets on top like i've never been so fucking cold in my life and i was just shitting myself every day because i'm on a snow snowmobile with all this expensive camera gear i was doing i don't know if i've ever told this story on here but i was doing like the aerial filming with the red and the guy like you know you wear the harnesses and you get clipped in with the carabiner and then you stand on the skids and you kind of like film out the side so 
I've still got the 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 shots of that I that I got from uh, these glaciers. We're flying over these glaciers doing aerials, and I, it was the most amazing experience of my life in, in terms of like seeing that. Then the chopper starts banking. <laughs> And I start kind of falling a bit and I'm like <laughs> waiting for the carabiner yeah. to catch me. And then I'm like, nah, fuck. And so I stop recording. I like just put the camera in one hand, grab the side of the heli and I look back and the fucking carabiner's going like that and not clipped in. So I've done this entire <laughs> flight, bro. Time. And then I've just like, Anthony's in the back, he's shooting stills out of the back. And then I've just like sunk my way in. It was negative 40, 50, whatever it was in a helicopter with no doors on. It's as cold as you could be. And I, I had to take my goggles off. I took my beanie off. I took my gloves off. I just fully like de-rode because I was sweating. Yeah, like, the panic was like next level and your body went in like shock almost. <laughs> and so I've just like, I like sat and then I clipped in. And then I just didn't say anything. And then I like kind of spent a couple minutes and everyone's like, you good? You good? And I was like, I'm still here. <laughs> Fuck, man. Just a full moment. Eh? And then I, I waited a couple minutes. I started filming again. We like circled the top of the hooked in, Hooked in next time, obviously. Yeah. And I got to the bottom and I was like, I was like, you clipped me in, right? To the pilot. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I was not clipped in, bro. I almost fell out of the helicopter. And he was just like, you could see, he went white. He was so, like, just bummed and thought, like, he's like, I, that was almost really, really bad deal. But, yeah, it's like, you do those shoots, it's always so hectic. And in the moment, you're like, this fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> nothing about this is good. I want to quit my job. Ugh. Like, this is the worst. I don't like this. And then you, like, fasten, it was always the same. You fasten your seatbelt on the way home and you're like, that was the best week of my life. Yeah. Like, we did some insane shit out there. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, from then on, I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to like this more in the moment or yeah. like uh, have the perspective that this actually is fun. You are enjoying this. And as soon as you get on the plane, you're going to be extremely hyped on this trip. Yeah. It goes like that every time. I mean, like, that trip, I look back at it, it was like, I was still, I was with my wife at the time, but like we weren't married yet, but like I didn't have kids yet. I was like, all right, I'm going with my buddies. We're going to do this filming trip. Just leave at 4 a.m. Go meet up with you guys. Hike the mountain for like two or three days. Film for three days, the longest three days of my life. Like you felt like we could have been filming that for like a week. But, uh, and then I think I left like, maybe when we did the scout, we did the scout earlier before it. Yeah. But like I went up there, we scouted, I went down on like 395, went on the other side by Mammoth and then I raced like, yeah, you were like I raced a hardened Euro that next weekend, <laughs> yeah. like just life on the road. And I look back at it, I was like, I just lived so carefree back then. And it's now crazy, it's like, huh? I have to like look back and we're talking today and it's reminding me of like little things. Like I forgot your dog was there <laughs> and your dog was having the best time of all of us. He was fully I think he actually it. started getting ripped positive by the end. Like he was starting to get a little sad about it. Dude, you you remember, yeah, he was actually. I remember the funniest thing. I don't know if you were with us at this time. I think you were because it was when we were riding the mountain bikes and we were scouting. Dude, I didn't even have an e-bike then. <laughs> I so didn't either. None, we, none of us, of us had e-bikes. Yeah. So we were like actually acoustically doing that shit. But remember we come up on the hippies because that was oh the yeah we were right by the pct, PCT pacific yep. crest trail and it was yep. like we didn't know where the line was for like national forest versus private property but they were like talking about how awesome the bouldering was there is that what you're going to talk about <laughs> well so we get to this 
my dog has not had a drink for what feels like forever and i'm like kind of freaking out i'm like man i need to none of us had any more water i was like i need to get this dog some water like he's been sending it so that i'm kind of like tripping and then we pull up on these full hippies doing like yoga like kundalini <laughs> shit on the side of like this beautiful little rocky lake. cliff thing and my dog just sends it into, into this <laughs> runs through this group of hippies sends it into the pond and it's just like splashing and just like loving his life and then this hippie's like what the fuck <laughs> in the middle of doing yoga <laughs> i'm just like i was like aren't you supposed to be chill bro yeah uh, that was no i know exactly what you're talking about now it was like off to the edge and there's like there was fish and stuff in there but the dog was so pumped <laughs> sprinted straight for there and yeah they were they honestly got kind of angry at us yeah, like they got we fully pissed. like they were kind of getting mouthy yeah yeah we weren't even doing anything wrong like it wasn't like we were playing loud music like they were just that would just off it that yeah. I ruined their their zen, and yeah. I was like, "This isn't super chill of you. Like, aren't you guys supposed, <laughs> yeah, supposed to be, be nice?" Chill? Yeah, I was like, "He's living his best life right now. He's thirsty. He's tired. It's hot." Oh, but that was a good hard. That was a hard slog of a trip, yeah. and it's like I think that's what's cool about those trips, though. You know, like, and I think that's why we all kind of come out of it as pretty good friends. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, some of the other ones you've done filming trips on were as brutal as that that's one. That's the hardest one. Yeah. And that, it's just a different type of brutal too, I'd say, huh? Yeah. And that, but Alaska was gnarly too. Yeah. Because I was legitimately scared for my life Well, yeah, Alaska. you could have died. There's, there's frostbite. Not, and but dude, like just being on a fucking snowmobile, like I've snowboarded in Tahoe and Mammoth and Big Bear. Like that's the extent of my big mountain experience. And, <laughs> and then like, you were in real mountains with no people around. And everyone's like, here's some flares, here's some fucking and make sure you got your shovel like just don't go here's kind of avalanche and I'm like dude this is the same shit like you're pointing to the whole fucking mountain yeah. like, this all looks avalanche to yeah. me I was like I just I was, I was just scared the whole time yeah. and, but by the end of it it ended up being like a, I don't know got more comfortable but yeah what was, what was Darren doing when they were taking up to the top so thing? they the race was it's fucking gnarly I, I, I don't know I can't believe you've never seen it you no. might know about it so the they start at the top of this mountain and it's in the North Pole right okay now I've talked to Darren told me about what he was doing with yeah, this yeah. yeah so they basically they do like a downhill ski run down this super steep chute right and then they hook a left and then there's a dude on a snowmobile so it was Levi Lavalley was the <laughs> snowmobile driver yeah and then so they kind of have to time it so that the snowmobile meets the the skier at the same time passes him a fucking ski handle then he just like tucks in as pinned as the the snowmobile will go to get them to the next big downhill then they have a point where they have to release so they're just like hooking into this thing uh like into the snow and then just just get shot down they go jump down this huge chute and then pin it onto the finish it's been going for like 50 years or I'll something i'll have to like watch that. this yeah the video was i mean it, it, I, I mean you filmed it and almost died out of a helicopter so it must be decent yeah yeah don't watch it it almost <laughs> yeah. cost me my life but it was like a four minute red bull video you know with like a bunch of gopro footage and some aerials and yeah some interviews and shit but it was sick like got to see the northern lights for the first time oh yeah i've never seen that it's probably pretty cool it was really fucking cool yeah i yeah. still don't even understand that like it doesn't make sense to me aurora borealis or whatever yeah, yeah something like that something, i mean i know the name. cool green lights <laughs> fancy green lights in the sky where i saw him somewhere else though 
Um, maybe it's Iceland has them somewhere far north Europe maybe oh, Norway Norway I was in Norway you know did you ever watch Ex Machina yeah but I don't yeah I've seen it but I don't remember it enough remember that crazy like ho- it, well you wouldn't know it's a hotel remember they were like in that crazy like forest scape mountain landscape and they had like all the rivers it was like that really futuristic looking exterior I don't, I don't remember it enough well th- that that's a hotel really so we like stayed at that hotel i did a shoot there me that's and garth milan flew there and we did a shoot for like four days we ate like fucking whale and like it was <laughs> crazy stuff you never there's just nothing else available up there probably well the com- it was for a skincare company and they wanted to like sh- we had like these models and stuff flying and we shot like all this skincare and the models in this kind of crazy hotel it was unbelievable like it was a sick as shit but yeah we saw the like the northern lights there too Sounds a little bit easier than hiking through. It was luxurious. Yeah. It was lovely. It <laughs> Models, was, like. <laughs> yeah, it was chick was fucking hot. Yeah. <laughs> like, really good experience. But yeah, I think that's the other time that I've smoked. But I guess I don't really know what those lights are either. You're an engineer. Come on. Yeah, you're, that you're smart. Mean, yeah, smart enough to get through school. Just <laughs> doesn't mean you're actually smart. Yeah, well, you know what's crazy you mentioned too? Like, you weren't married, but you were with your chick. I'm pretty sure we had like this one drive. We had like lunch one day and you were just talking about how you were about to propose to your chick as well yeah it, it took a little while yeah it took another year but i i had the thought i probably was like planning on getting the ring then at some point and yeah, then she okay. found out that i had the ring for like six months in like my sock drawer or something she's like what are you talking about it was right there the whole time she'd be like we'll do my washing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you want to be a wife like. yeah yeah <laughs> you gotta earn it <laughs> yeah but that that whole adventure's been good so now you're a dad, oh yeah it's you're a wild husband, now you're like it's you're in dad kid of two i have a daughter it's like almost seven months old now and then my son will be four in january and life life hits you fast man it's crazy it that is yeah. crazy i i mean and i just really not on the radar like i was i was just a dumb kid like not well, a kid but were. like I don't know how old I was, 28 or something. We did that shoot, but like, I just, I kind of have a, a mullet right now, but like I had, I just like cut a mullet for that shoot, I think at home with scissors and just didn't care. <laughs> and like, you know, now I'm, I'm the same person now, but I can't just like escape and yeah. do things. Like yeah. I, I got to plan out my life and make sure I'm uh, appeasing her. Cause it's not easy being at home with two kids. So, oh yeah. Like today for this, I just flew out 7am this morning and I'm flying out 7pm tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty and then we got a race. I got to race the final round of Enduro Cross in uh, Reno this weekend. So I got to. Do you fly a busy week. to that one? Or yeah, this? I'm flying to Reno for that. Okay. So it'll be easy. How far would that be to drive? Um, probably like 14 hours. So it maybe is or pretty something. far. Yeah. yeah. Do you so you're like the hard enduro stuff is like pretty well supported still these days with like the teams and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's definitely growing. Like when we did that shoot in 2016 like there was some races and there was no like actual series there's kind of one-off races in the states and now like i feel like at the same time fim came out it had west like the world enduro super series whatever it was called and then it turned into the fim hard enduro world championship around that same time they had west they started trying to push for a u.s hard enduro series so now we have our own series and it's actually pretty legit like it's different promoters for each one, but an overall yeah. promoter for the whole series. And, you know, it doesn't pay like supercross motocross, but like at least there's bonuses and a purse. Whereas like you race in 
Europe for the World Enduro. It's like FIM. They have to pay to be part of the FIM championship. So there's no money left yeah. for the racers. So like, yeah. dude, Erzberg, you do like the worst race of your life. And they're like, here's a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, guys. That's fucking heaps too. Yeah. So it's not like that Like, really. I mean, like I've finished on the podium twice there. I got second and third like you know quite a while ago now but it's like here's a rock good job <laughs> oh, dude, I love that. Job and then i think like romaniacs is four days of hell in the carpathian mountains in romania and a prologue and it's like 25 2400 euros something like that to sign up but it's like at the end of the day the cost effective is pretty good compared to erzberg because it's like yeah. covers your room and board food and the race but like you still have to rent a bike for people coming from the states to go there right so yeah. like super expensive but like you know manny won this year he he probably won less than what it cost, uh, to, it do. cost to do yeah so yeah. it it's not feasible where i feel like at least the u.s hardened a series it's like you know 120 dollars to sign up for these races and you know some of them have a ten thousand dollar purse for first yeah so and then it pays down to like 10th. Like we have one in Pennsylvania called Tough Like Roar. And I think they paid a 15th place and I got five grand for second. So at least it keeps us going. And yeah. as a off-roader, like that's a decent payout. Compared yeah, yeah. To, uh, the Supercross guys are probably laughing at me right now, but you know, I'm still here doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm here, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think the hard enduro thing in general has picked up quite a bit of steam just, I guess, within our culture of, of dirt bikes because i mean i get asked all the time to have like you on and to have like taddy on and to have all the all the like graham java like all those yeah. guys i'm just constantly getting inundated with requests to have hard enduro guys on and i'm always getting asked to like go ride hard enduro i'm like boys i don't know if you bad idea me. i don't know if you fucking <laughs> seen me ride but like well that's was about the peak for me of like that's how gnarly i can get on a dirt bike and this is much more than that yeah it's uh it's definitely grown a ton from the beginning i mean like what 2006 i think is when taddy blazuziak came on the scene and like stormed erzberg as a nobody and then mm. boom factory ktm factory like red bull for life pretty much from winning that race and then at that time like pastrana was still able to finish that race i think mcgrath finished it and like McGrath's the king of supercross like he's a gnarly dude he rides so and he good. rides so good but like one time we had like a bell helmets thing and they all came to norcal which is where i'm from originally and like i was riding with axel hodges mcgrath and caleb russell and it was like muddy that day and like i was taking on like all my play around stuff at this like public park and like it was a little muddy and like i just sent it off i've done it a million times but like to me it's nothing and like mcgrath like sat down going on this i'm like what are you doing dude don't do that <laughs> but like he finished erzberg back then but now it's like you know you got like gnarly dudes like colton hakers uh, he's won a bunch of enduro cross races like he went last year and didn't even finish erzberg like and the races rips. the race is freaking gnarly dude and like it was hard then but the level of the riders the people understand the bikes more we got gummy tires now different moose setups in the rear tires like people started learning how to set the bikes up for this stuff and then obviously they started practicing it like graham jarvis obviously ridiculous skills and the level now is it's pretty stupid like 2016 i got second or third i don't remember I, but I got on the podium at Erzberg and I think it took me like two hours and 29 minutes. And now I got 10th this last year 
And the difficulty wise was maybe a little bit more, but like they added eight or 10 more sections at the same difficulty. And I finished in a full hour later. No like, way. So I did three hours and 30 minutes or something like that this year to get 10th. And I was just done. Like I didn't even want to look at my motorcycle after that race. <laughs> yeah. It just burned it. <laughs> yeah. And then I did Romaniacs once. I wish I had done it back in the day when it was like, just now it's just so insane. Everyone's getting too damn good. Like yeah. it's messed. Like we ruined our own sport. It's too specialized now. <laughs> yeah. But like I, the first day I had, I lost my, my tire. So like I rode around for an hour on like a flat tire and like, I shared my location with my mechanic on WhatsApp and he just like somehow found me like when I dropped onto a road for a sec at a checkpoint. So I had no to like way. change, I had to change my, put a new moose in out there. Which that's super easy to get. Yeah. Well, now. I had a Ravaconda, a little like <laughs> tire changing machine. So a little bit oh, easier. Yeah, yeah. So Either I, way, moose is I took off again and like I didn't, I was like 16th day one after that. And then day two, it was just literally the longest day ever till the gas stop. Like everyone died. Everyone ran out of water. They had some new hill called kill them all that no one knew about. And like, and it, it was, killed them all. it was absolutely devastating. And I'm like, I've never been, so I want to be prepared. So I was the only guy with like a three liter water pack. And so I still like, I ran out of water still, but all those guys ran out. Like dude was stopping in the Creek, like filling his water with like, who knows what kind of cow shits in that water. <laughs> but when you're dying like that, like you need, water and like alfredo gomez is one of the dudes we race like he's won erzberg before and i caught him and he looked like worse than an amateur like <laughs> he it was after that and it was to the service point and like he barely finished that day like it was everything they could to get him to the finish so it's the races are just almost like too impossible. brutal yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unreal. And you saw, I don't know if, you know, not as everyone's watches like the Hardener stuff, but like gets in rodeo this year, it was like Manny won it. And there was some Joker lane and like literally the f Red Bull footage showed Manny and Billy Bolt helping each other. Who's like the yeah, two guys. Yeah, 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 I did see that. So like, I don't know, sometimes they're a little too far, but then other ones like it's too easy and I complain. So I don't, you know, there's yeah. no winning. There's no winning. But it's in the name, right? Yeah, hard and dirt has got to be hard. <laughs> it's supposed to be really, really hard. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, just the personalities have done so much for the sport. Like you mentioned, Billy, too. I mean, he's done so much for the sport of hard enduro. And, like, I guess just blurring the lines between, you know, being a moto guy, being an enduro guy, being a hard enduro guy, being a flat track guy. I mean, I think that now more than ever the world's just opening up of two wheels to where everyone kind of wants a part of it all yeah it's crazy to see what billy has done for himself and for the sport i mean like he came after i did and he was super young and he's just he's so gnarly like you look at the guy and he's built like a shit brick house like bro his hands are <laughs> his gigantic hand, he, i don't even know how he fits the his pants fit on like his legs are like bulging out of his pants like uh, and like he can't even like tuck his jersey in his jersey's like not even long enough or he maybe just doesn't tuck it in i don't know but like he's an absolute unit and like you have all these people worried about like diet and like eat, the, the dude eats whatever he wants and just rides <laughs> yeah. he, he eats rides the plates that his yeah food is on <laughs> like i can't take anything from the guy like and then we do super enduro which is like the indoor version yeah. of enduro yeah. cross like he's a freak in that it's like a sprint sport and we'll be walking the track 
track walk the night before, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, I would try that after I've done this a million times and it's dry and the conditions are perfect. And I think I could send it off like this ramp full of angled slippery logs and like downside over this concrete pipe. Like I would do that one day or yeah, I, can, yeah. I can see I can that see being possible. I could do that. Second lap of practice, dude, this, <laughs> this fucker will just roll out and be like, hey, what? And just <laughs> like nose bonk it any other person would eat absolute shit and like he's swapping and just rides it out and he's like oh man that was pretty crazy and then he'll go again and try it the next lap realize it's sketchy after he almost dies again and he won't try it again but like the dude does stuff that you should not do and he's so strong and just ridiculous that it he rides it out he's a freak oh man he like i'm a pretty good rider and i'm like this guy baffles me <laughs> yeah yeah we're all wondering like when like the big one's going to come and he's going to take it easy and like and nope, not, it hasn't happened no nah, no nah. he's like the chuck norris of fucking riding. <laughs> yeah. everyone's kind of afraid of him like just give the guy his space <laughs> yeah i remember we we're doing the podcast and uh and he grabbed the mic and, <laughs> and then i'm like I'm like, what? <laughs> like the size of his fucking hand yeah. over the mic. He made the microphone look like And then lipstick. he's like missing one of his fingers. <laughs> yeah. I think one of his index fingers. He lost it in a sprocket when he was a kid. Yeah, I was just like, bro, you're on some fucking my, other shit. I know you've never met my dad, but my dad has like the same as Billy. Like just the huge, like, and but every time I talk to someone, they're like, dude, your dad's hands after they shake my dad's <laughs> hands. And like growing up, we like, he called him diesel mitts. My dad's a diesel. <laughs> he's like a diesel mechanic and works on like so like he'll laugh at you like dirt bikers like you know their little torque wrench is like this big like he's got like you know 160 foot pounds like a four in like a four foot bar for his torque wrench like he just laughs at you so like he works on my bike like people would like go to take my axle bolt off and like they couldn't even like remove the axle bolt because my dad (laughs) tightened it on there yeah it's like the you know how you do the triple clamps you're like that's about 12 it's like (laughs) about 1200 yeah everything's just over thing is just creaking dude the black feels pretty stiff eh? did you talk any of this (laughs) Uh, but yeah no he's billy's ridiculous and then man you got manny like he's an awesome personality for the sport of hardenborough like it's hard not to love the guy and he's just kind of like so goofy and i feel like you know you kind of got these like two guys at the top right now who are yeah they're obviously like great buds like you see them hanging out but like they're similar but different in their own ways and manny is definitely more calculated on the bike because <laughs> like billy has the ability but he just doesn't care yeah like, yeah no he's just one of those guys that's just down to fully send it like even when he does the beach races and all like oh my yeah like most people would say no i'm good yeah i like if someone like rebel hit me up to go do that race or something i'm like no i'm okay no, i don't I'm think that's a good no, idea like we don't need this i know what i'm good at but like he he's good enough and gnarly enough to like even if that's not his thing he'll he'll make it happen yeah he'll make it his thing yeah which is cool like i think and i think like the branding the brand sides like it's one of the other cool things about hard enduro or just like the enduro world is you know you're a sherco guy there's like the other brands that are there you've got what what else we got? We got obviously all the KTM stuff. You got Sherco. You've yeah, got beta, beta, beta as beta. well. Yeah, I say beta. Beta. I, and all the Americans say beta, but the Europeans say beta. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I actually got. Oh, I was talking about it this morning. I was talking about it to Wes actually. Now, I need to build an enduro bike. Maybe I'll be a Sherco guy. What yeah, what maybe. size? What sizes have they got? In, I got I got the three hundred SE, the two stroke. Yeah. 
So, but I don't know. Do you want to be the moto guy or four stroke? Four, guy, four stroke, yeah. Because yeah. we got so we're, I was telling you we're doing that race actually. Oh, where's my phone? I'll, the dates is it's a third of March or it's like early March, but we're doing the five hundred minute. Yeah, we're doing yeah the, <laughs> the Gypsy Tales five hundred. It's five hundred minute uh, team enduro race or an Ironman, which I've kind of soft signed you up. Yeah, for. he's trying to get me to sign up for it. Yeah, so it's going to be basically half a lap of the mesquite world mini track and then you go into the enduro loop which is pretty sandy and and whoopy which should be cool and that they're, they're gonna water it too they're oh like, okay then I'm, I'm a little bit more interested yeah they're yeah. gonna water. that's because that's what i said I was like the track has to be sick <laughs> yeah because like, we do these races at home so basically transmodo they're like a media magazine kind of outlet and uh they do like a six hour and eight hour and a 12 hour and basically you sign up with your buddies or you can do it by yourself but you can either do a, a solo, a three-man team, or a four-man team. And basically, you just get a transponder. It starts at 7 in the morning. It goes till 4 in the afternoon. It's 500 minutes. And you just have to take that transponder round and round as many times as you can until eight hours is done. And then there's a winner. But no one really gives a fuck because yeah. it's just fun fun. I'd almost rather just like just for funsies like ride it on a 125 or something like you that sh- i have to stop for fuel a lot but well so it's only uh i think it's i'm trying to make it's it, a small venue there so it's not like you're going to be super far out but nah, you're going to well, do a lot of laps yeah 20 minute lap time we're kind of like, yeah so i want like a fast dude like you'd probably do it in like 15 minutes and then fast ish depending fast-ish. on the situation yeah depending on the capacity yeah. but yeah so it's like you basically just if you're with your boys you can ride you can share bikes, you can ride your... It just doesn't matter what you do as long as someone has a transponder when they're riding around. <laughs> you can do three laps, you can do one lap, whatever. But um, yeah, it's uh, I need to build a bike for that. I need a little enduro thing. And I'm like thinking, I don't know, maybe I should try something other than a KTM. Turco 450 maybe. Do, do they, they have do a, any weird capacities? They have a 300 four-stroke that's actually sick. That like, might be the one. I, I'm not a 450 guy. Like, nah, same. They're so gnarly. Yeah. I don't... But yeah, every time I ride one in a moto tracker, I'm like, oh, I missed that rut. Oh, I missed that. Okay, I guess I'm going outside again. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the 300 four-stroke is like, it doesn't pack like that like hit that the KTM 350 does, but it's like more like easy to ride. Yeah. Like torquey. It's yeah. like a super torquey 250F. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was riding for a while in Enduro Cross, but it's like the best single tracky yeah. off-road bike because it's just you can't do anything wrong it doesn't have enough power to like get you in trouble yeah but then yeah. it's got plenty to pull you around so yeah, like that's yeah. that bike's honestly super fun to ride so that yeah. would probably like, i've been told by a lot of people i was almost gonna do fink in australia a couple years ago and um and i think the Sherco like australia were gonna help me out with a bike and then that's the one that they said yeah that, it's just way more manageable and yeah it's uh and then they just came out with an all brand new motor from the ground up for like the 250F and 300F oh, platform. Right. So, um, yeah, I think we were, we pumped those motors up with race tech for Enduro Cross. And then I think we ran it on the dyno and they saw our numbers and they're like, oh, we should, we should probably make these stock motors a little bit better. Plus they, yeah, right. they were, you know, with a smaller brand like that, it's harder to develop as yeah. frequently as KTM. So it was it was on the boards for a new bike so yeah and what uh, that just came out yeah it just came out for 24 huh. yeah all right that might be we might have just sold me might mate. have just sold you <laughs> so they like what are the components and stuff they got yeah it's got brembos and kyb oh bang yeah 
It's kind of funny. People are like, oh, I can't get parts for him. Like most of it is like, is it other bike like parts? at, at yeah. home, like I blew a fork seal and I'm just like, don't want to spend the time to mail it to race tech. Cause it's not convenient for me. Like I just go to the local shop and I got Yamaha fork seals. Yeah. And just put take it on my the, bike. Yeah. Yeah. Take it to like, Yamaha, dude. It's easy. I just do it myself. I'm an off road guy. Like we do these things. <laughs> yeah. I did, I did my own lower fork tube with like no suspension tools. I just like really stuff in my toolbox. No shit. Yeah. Fucking gangster. Kind of. It's a little ghetto, but, <laughs> yeah. but then it's funny. Cause like I have like the special, like, SKF like the green fork leg or whatever but then I go to the I just bought something at like the local shop and it's like an orange one so I have like mismatched colored <laughs> seals on my bike and I'm like yeah whatever Dude, have you ever seen the tests like back-to-back tests of what SKF fork seals or am I saying it right it's SKF SKF right? yeah, yeah I think so yeah have you ever seen the videos like if you're at home google like it's actually insane. I fully rate the... I'm like the not, color of the, the seal the, or... The green seal, right? Yeah. So if you uh, if you don't have anything on your fork, it's like completely disassembled, but the inner and the outer tube are together and you put it in a vise upside down and you drop Just the drop fork, it. Man, that SKF one slaps, right? Yeah. And this is like a stock KTM I'm referring to. The stock KTM air fork, you drop it and it's like... <laughs> and it stops stops that is one product that i am not sponsored by or endorsed by but i fully fully believe in it just from that video what you can (laughs) but you can feel it like on your on your bike like when you get your forks back together and you you actually just no coatings no nothing those seals actually make a full-on difference yeah well i guess i'm doing something right by buying skf we're sponsored by them too so i guess that's probably why i got them on my bike yeah yeah but no they're actually i feel like that's a little kind of gem of a product that a lot of people don't realize like if you if you get your suspension revalved and you don't use those seals you're actually kind of you're wasting money right now yeah like you're actually cooking it like it makes a big difference you think about like factory you know supercross teams or something like that like obviously they have all the best stuff you can for suspension but like think about like having your motors everything polished in there or like Mm -hmm. resurfaced like we did that once for one of my motors and like i noticed a difference like it just seems to rev freer yeah i don't know we did like cryo i don't know what they did to it but they took like the clutch basket out and a bunch of other stuff and basically like it's hardened yep yep and polished and like things shift easier and stuff like that so well apparently um so townley was telling me that that was remember that like kind of oh six oh seven oh eight like pc domination in the early four stroke 250 days yeah so apparently they used this company in the uk and it was they just did all dlc i I know i've heard of this company they still make custom transmissions for all the teams right yeah well so it was just pc like they sourced it they found it they started working and it was kind of a secret for those few years but bt reckons it's like four horsepower really just yeah. from like friction, all the coatings like, and like limiting all, all the friction in the motor and like less hang-ups yep yeah he said it was like i mean we fucking clickbaited it of course but it was like it he he said it was like legal cheating wow and nobody else was doing it and he's like man it was a game changer that's pretty wild yeah but i mean i guess it makes sense like there's just way less friction going on everything probably fits perfectly i'm sure it's like custom made versus just like a cast piece or yeah. something that just is on the per- assembly line yeah and then you think about the durability that you would get out of it and you know like because there's well 
everybody cody's an engineer too so i'm talking to a smart guy about this kind of stuff but um smartish smart, smarter than me so yeah. we'll say in context it's just two of us in this room so he's the smartest <laughs> he's the smartest yes. person in this room so but yeah it was like you think about the there's like you you'd have in a stock gearbox you'd have like bits of shavings and like shit kind of wearing and coming off like oh yeah first time you change your oil on a brand new bike yeah, it's just, like dark it's nasty yeah so you think about like the difference i really want to do it one day on a bike but it's like it's crazy expensive i'm it, sure it's super expensive and also like uh, just bikes just change so much these days that it's like kind of hard to i will admit i found out the hard way like uh, two weeks ago that uh the sh- the Shergo two strokes are pretty reliable because I change oil, but I forgot to put oil back in. <laughs> I literally went riding like two days later, and I was like, I did a full warm up moto for enduro cross since we're like finishing off the enduro cross season. Did like a full warm up. I'm riding around. I'm like, hmm, my clutch seems a little draggy, <laughs> like like really like snappy ish. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. I'm like, did a full moto like race pace, and I'm like, the clutch was squalling, and I was like having a heart. It was just like really aggressive, like basically like a dry clutch would be acting. And then I was like trying to get it to act up again. I'm like, this it's never done this before. And I'm, <laughs> I ride back to the van. I, as I'm putting my bike on the stand, I was like, fuck. <laughs> like I realized, so I like checked to make sure. And like, I like normally take the the filler cap off when I drain it just to like get more like, yeah. I don't know, air pressure, you know, like push it through. I don't know. That's my thought process. But uh, <laughs> it was like barely finger tight. And I was like, yep. Yeah, uh, I did not put I really messed up. So I. I, I was at my buddy's house and he had a bunch of Motul, which is what we run. So I was like, perfect. Like put some whatever 300 V 1540 weight, like whatever in it and rode the rest of the day. Uh, went home and rode the next, all like Saturday, Sunday on it. And I, cause I didn't have any new clutch plates. Like I was like, I need a new clutch in this thing for sure. So I ordered some Friday. They showed up just because of the weekend i think they showed up like tuesday so i I, like didn't have time i didn't want to mess with it so i rode again tuesday got home changed the oil it didn't even look that bad didn't it smelled kind of burnt and like the plates weren't even like i've ruined clutches and hardened arrows and like it still looked pretty good and i was like wow like i guess motul like shout out to you guys (laughs) got some good oil because i ran that thing really just with leftover stuff in the clutch and and got, did a full moto and everything that and scares me still good and i took the clutch out and i'm like hmm, this i'll save this in a plastic bag for later <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that is an enduro guy no you probably put it in a backpack <laughs> yeah, no, no not that bad camel back just in case <laughs> just in case i need this like the, the full full macgyver spec it is pretty good like since i'm on the two stroke it's the same tank across the board from two stroke to four stroke but i don't have the fuel pump in the tank so like we set up this thing with my mechanic with like some foam. So I have like tools underneath, like I just pop my seat off and like all the tools I need That's are there. And I've actually used it sometimes in races. So like it's better than having to carry tools in your backpack or something like that. You know? Oh yeah. You don't have to wear like a fanny pack and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. You just got that idea from mountain bikes. You're like, Hey, specialize. You <laughs> specialize. Na- yeah. You hey, I heard a swap. <laughs> yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. And uh, I'm doing this now. I need to patent it for my bike or something. Somewhere yeah. Or other. That would be cool to like make some kind of like little aftermarket pouch thing where it's like, I mean, that'd probably make like, an yeah, external, I mean, there's but so many things in yeah. the bike somewhere. Yeah. It wouldn't be a bad idea at all. You should do it. Yeah. We'll just delete this part of the podcast. Yeah, no, yeah, one, no one has to hear yeah. this bit. <laughs> we can just cut this, cut this bit. That'll just be like a full random subject change. <laughs> yeah. and everyone like, that was fucking weird. I mean, I guess 
real quick, we're talking about engineering and bike. We can switch to electric. I did an electric dirt bike conversion kit Ooh. for my okay. senior project. We, really? Yeah, for school to graduate. Um, so what, I, did, let's, I let's, did mechanical engineering. For, so let's go back. All okay. right. So like, let's just start this because I'm I'm interested. I've heard some of the story, but you were a smart kid. You obviously you know like doing things. Dad's a mechanic. So what was the thought process? When did you get into motors and the mechanical yes. side of things and inspired you enough to go to college? So, I mean, at my house. My dad barely went to, he probably went to college for like a day, but my dad's like, don't end up like me. It's a curse. Mm. So I kind of did the next best thing that was closest to being a mechanic by doing mechanical engineering. So you wanted to be a mechanic? uh, I don't think I want to be a mechanic, but I just wanted to be a mechanical engineer because I was always around dirt bikes. Yeah, yeah. It was just of interest to me. And I grew up with a dad that was a mechanic that uh god bless his heart shouldn't done everything himself i feel like mechanics have like some of the most beat up cars you know what i mean because they don't have the time to work on their own stuff yeah so um you know my dad was always you know we bought i think my first truck was like an 82 toyota not like a hilux so you guys got you guys got the good stuff over there in australia (laughs) but an 82 toyota with like that sr5 with the 22 not the re i didn't have injection but like it was a part and I got it for 900 bucks and my dad put it, my dad and I put it together. That's cool. So like, and I, we always worked on motorcycles and I did trials. So like, I was like, I'm going to do mechanical engineering and I was always okay with math. And I like, we did the SATs, the standardized, yeah. whatever the hell it is, test for schools here. Like I always sucked in the English part and I hated, like I read the books. I was interested in the, but like you had to do a book report and I just hated yeah. writing it. I just made shit up and just like, you know, I would, you know, you make your periods bigger. It's like to do like, you know, do double space. Like yeah, you, yeah. there's all the tricks of the trade. There's a lot of paragraphs. But in like, that thing. yeah, I always did okay in math, like in schools. So I was like, oh, I'll do, I want to do mechanical engineering. So it took me forever to get through school. I did junior college to save money. And at my house, my parents were like, either you're, at school, at, like you get to go to school and we'll pay for you. Like you don't have to pay rent or whatever, or you don't go to school and you got to figure your shit out. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough that, you know, I, I are cheap enough, I guess that I did not go to a four year university and did junior college. And, um, I graduated with four associates degrees by the time I even got out of there just for all the prerequisites for engineering. So oh. I think I had like uh, and associates in math, physics, liberal arts and sciences, which is like what everyone gets and like engineering technology or something stupid. Um, and then I transferred to like a state school Yeah. and I was there for three years. It's crazy how much like classes you need to take to become an engineer. Like it's not oh, an yeah, easy, it's not easy. Um, so yeah, for the, it was the year, it was right before my senior project. I had to do something that, um, you have to have a capstone, like something you choose where it's just like thermo, which is like motors yeah. or controls, which is electronics. And there was like something else, maybe pro, I don't know. I forget what the other one was. I wasn't interested in it, <laughs> but, um, I did like, you know, you kind of do thermodynamics and then you do like electrical controls and I, I did electrical controls and I hated every fucking lab we did it was like the dumbest bullshit like programming something with a little microcontroller like a like a printer like to go to the end and then stop and go back yeah or like it was just dumb shit was it computer programming or that was like animal? it was kind of like computer programming okay yeah Yeah, it was like it's something called arduino it's like a microcontroller and it was just like the generic code like write this read this yeah if this does that then do this yeah. yeah 
so it's like super relatively basic, but I had no interest. And then, um, each of those classes, you got to do like a project at the end of the semester for everything you learned. And I was like, I'm going to do a fly by wire throttle system. Cause Sick. I had like extra shit in the garage from all the years of riding motorcycles. So I had a set of triple clamps all set up and I mount on bars on them yeah. and I put the microcontroller in the middle, like underneath the bars, underneath the clamps. And then I like rigged up this stupid contraption to hold a key and carburetor, like PWK. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. so like it was just a model, right? Yeah, but like yeah. the carburetor sat between like where the forks would normally go, like yeah. in the triple clamps. Yeah. And I had a microcontroller up there and I basically like programmed it and had like, I think I bought like a throttle position sensor offline, like off a Mazda pickup. Yeah. So that was connected to the throttle on the bars and it all went to the controller and I had a- Was it like a standard throttle housing that you yeah, used? Yeah, it was so a stock. It was just like a conversion Yeah, basically. it was a conversion. It was yeah, yeah. just like theory, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was like domino throttle from trials. And I had this, it basically just like read the input of that throttle position sensor. And then I had a servo connected on the cable for the slide. So it went, it made the throttle go up and down. And then I had, I set, I finished in like literally four days. I was like, this is so sick. Like every, I hated everything all cause it wasn't nothing I cared about. Yeah, exactly. And then I found something I enjoyed. So I finished it right away and I'm like, well, I already have everything I need. Like I can, I'm, I'm going to do something else. So like I bought an accelerometer and put that on the uh, microcontroller. Yeah. So I was, it basically was a thing to like anti loop out control. So like yeah. if you hold it, like I demonstrated, like you can hold it wide open and you rotate it back. And once you went past like a certain pitch or yaw or whatever, like yeah. it would shut off the servo. So it would turn the gas Until off. So you don't loop out. Yeah. Than, lower yeah, again. Yeah. And then like it had a light on it. So like if you crash for more than, two seconds leaning over like you never on a dirt bike leaned over fully for like three seconds yeah, or whatever. True. so it would turn off a quote-unquote ignition so i was like this is sick so i was pumped on it and then i was like i'm gonna do controls for my capstone and i had to take that like the next class up of that and it was the dumbest thing it was it was just theory and it was terrible but then you know the good part was i got situated in the group for a senior project that was like there's stuff that you can choose from like pre-done things that like they want you to do yeah yeah or you can like you know the entrepreneur one was like you can do this so i ended up with a dude that rode bicycles a dude that rode a street bike and was super into subarus Sick. Um, and then another guy was into cars so like i kind of ended up in this weird like mashup between two wheels and engines group yeah yeah and uh Which we yes yeah, like so those people. we came up with the concept of you know doing an electric dirt bike conversion kit because everything's about green energy in school. Yeah, you know? like yeah, it's, yeah. So, yeah, we got a YZ250 that was, like, had, like, a broken case on it or something on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace for 800 bucks. And then at the time, it was at San Jose State University, so that's right by where Zero Motorcycles was located. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did, like, I think they helped out with the Formula E at that school and, like, a lot of, like, they try and you yep, know they try yep. and take be in the yeah in the mix so they can get potential students to come work there so they gave us a motor and a controller and just a bunch of random wiring and this and that that's sick though so yeah we basically had to do all this stuff and made an electric dirt bike what like and it ran like you yeah guys. yeah it was yeah we had to like and obviously like the motor is massive on that electric or whatever whatever zero motors yep. cycles and like their frames are built around it. So yeah. like the hardest part was trying to figure out how to get the counter shaft sprocket where it needed to be. Yeah. So we like built this crazy jack shaft. So the motor 
output shaft on that electric motor was actually on the wrong side of the bike. And then where your sprocket would normally be, like we mounted to the frame, these like bearings and another axle. So I had a chain running reverse yeah, yeah, on yeah. the one side and then the shaft went to the other side. So honestly, it was like a gear reduction thing too. So we can like kind of guess the gearing. Yeah. And then, yeah, we bought, I think 16 RC car batteries, which is honestly the sketchiest fucking thing. That's like, they're so sketchy, bro. Yeah. Cause you need like, um, you know, like a battery monitoring system. We didn't really have one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like, you're fine. Like for like, if it's like continually charged evenly and once you get to that thing, like turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. So like it was sketchy for sure, but like literally like to charge it, like basically had to take the leads of all the batteries and like bolt them to this charger thing they gave us to get to a hundred, I think it was like 101 volts. And like, it was so scary every time. And like the leads we had, it was pretty funny, but the leads to charge it were inside the ca- the gas tank. So you open the gas cap and like pulled the leads out oh, that's <laughs> to charge cool. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, that part was like definitely not to code. The teachers Dude. didn't need to know that, but I went 52 miles an hour on it and we rode it and it was, it was so cool. Like learned a ton and you know, plenty of nights during the week hanging out in my buddy's house we stored it at and just drinking beers and figuring shit out together it would have been really cool yeah like it would have been a fun time especially when you kind of get to do something that you're interested in yeah i know it's just interesting to us and i think the was it was it fly by wire as well like so you, uh, did you take yeah it was we bought something off off the internet that was like a fly by wire that was all in house yeah yeah um so yeah it was fly by wire and yeah it was it was pretty cool that's but the scene. scariest thing was they were like, we don't want you to like, sometimes these things can take off. Like we don't want you guys. So we had to go to zero to plug it in so they can kind of monitor it. Yeah. It was honestly the scariest. I mean, you know how like quick an electric motor can take off. Like we were testing it. Things were kind of working and like, oh. I don't know if we went too far or something happened with some, but the thing just spun out of control. Like what? And you know that high pitch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it like, twisted our whole like we had motor mounts we kind of made like out of big plates the motor like twisted in the frame like whoa yeah like instant they killed it like instantly it was scary yeah well do so remember back in the day the drones we used to fly like before the dji stuff took over we had those big octocopters made out of carbon and you'd have like these two huge lipo batteries on them and bro we had some sketchy fucking moments with those (laughs) things like we were one day so the blades are i don't know what like eight inches yeah that's what i was thinking eight inches like and they're like those bigger ones yeah yeah carbon fiber eight inch fucking murdering machines (laughs) and there's eight of them on the thing i remember one day we're in the front yard of the house in temecula and we're like we just bought i think like a new control system or something because you had to build everything and i'm i don't know fucking anything about that (laughs) stuff right so my partner jay did you ever meet jay I'm Ryan, pretty sure Ryanberg, you probably would have but he was the dude that owned JDR like the, anyway so he, we were in like the film stuff together and um, he actually grew up flying model planes and he was super super smart dude so he would build all of the control systems and the batteries and all that sort of stuff and like so we put this new controller in this thing one day and dude it Something just went it goes wrong like it doesn't connect and like it just gets a mind of its own bro like, it went we're so lucky <laughs> what happened like it went up and just sideways at like a million miles an hour and just hit the side of the house and just exploded into a million pieces. And we were like, 
That's kind of gnarly. Like yeah, that's flying a seventy thousand dollar camera, and we had so many, like so much shit like that. And then one day, this was my peak fucking drone battery experience so we made our own like gimbal so there was like when movies were coming out they were like 15 grand or something we're like fuck that we can you build can this is all drones and like stuff you can kind of do it yourself yeah it's drone stuff so like we kind of rigged up this frame and everything and then i was at bubba's house in his full fucking florida mansion like the place is immaculate and i just set my camera bag down and we're doing this this film in there and i'm like and i'm like try to inconspicuously like leave the shoot in a mad hurry and my fucking camera bag was on fire because one of the camera battery the the monitoring system didn't work or you didn't have one it just decided to just light up dude and so this thing is like fizzing like with sparks and smoke out of this battery had no idea what to do bro i'm just like holy fuck (laughs) just chuck it in the pond at that point i just just threw this battery i mean it's still happening now like you see videos in the news of like these e-cars like just shit it, it takes off you can't it doesn't stop like, well you know it's crazy too like i ride the stark a bunch like yeah. i've got one at my house i fucking love it it's the best thing like the funnest thing to ride right and then i saw trey canard did you see the videos of him at the japanese i saw he got taken out and the throttle broke or something like but well so he had the wristband like on a jet ski oh uh, dead, man, dead man switch and i'm just like Huh, maybe I Whoa, need one of those I too. really need that. Like, <laughs> dude, I've been riding this thing. Like, if you're on it, I mean, there's no clutch. There's yeah. no, like, that. the things I've never had fucking, yeah. like, we're good. But I'm like, wow, that should fully be a thing. Because, like, if you're... They you go. They're insane. It is. Did you see the video of my fucking start at Glen Helen? Yeah, like, those bikes are, they get the insane starts. Insane. And, like, my buddy, I he was sponsored by Alta and like podium tight remaining podium, like one of the enduro crosses on an Alta really back in the day. He got third on it. Have and you, like, have you ridden one? Of yeah. So ones? I rode the Alta. I haven't ridden the Stark yet, but like I rode the Alta and it was like hard pack. And I was like, I can't, I don't know how to ride this thing on a hard pack track. Like it instantly would just light the rear end up. And I was like, I, there's no like signal to my brain from the sound yeah it's like it's a new way to learn how to ride like i think on a lomi track it'd probably be okay because it'll like kind of break down that load but it was it was crazy like so fast and then a friend of mine he runs like electric cycle rider like youtube and sells electric stuff i'm sure you've probably seen some I of his met stuff him at barcelona he's yeah, a really yeah. nice dude yeah he's yeah, super yeah. rad he went yeah. to barcelona for the stock thing eh? yeah so I'm thinking of the right guy yeah same yep, as that yep, guy yep. uh tucker i yep, believe his name yep, is yep yep so i rode with him i won't say what he was on but i did have to push him back we he was on his electric bike and i had to push him back on my gas bike i just got i gotta throw that one out there yeah oh yeah but uh he they showed up to stark showed up to tko this year and they had an actual electric yes hard enduro class because i think right now it's kind of maybe the only thing where those bikes can like finish and be successful because of the battery limitations i mean or, i'm sure or stark or will probably them, figure it or out put them in their shit riders hands at yeah world vets and it'll finish <laughs> yeah that too <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah they had the stark there and david knight who you know he was a bad motherfucker still it can ride a bike pretty good too but like he he rode it in the qualifier and i think he like you can detune him and he rode it like the 40 horsepower range yeah yeah. because it's like slippery nasty rocks and he was like that was even too much yeah 
Yeah. But the crazy part about, like, I was trying to explain to my mate Franco. He's, like, he's was our mechanic for World Vets, but he's... You know, like you get bike mechanics, but they can't even change a piston. He was like an. <laughs> you don't act- have to do it there. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, he was like a car mechanic, so he like built race motors, like the entire thing in race cars. So he like really understands motors. Yeah. And I'm telling him, I'm like, all right, on a 450, for example, it's like when you're at, let's say, Glen Helen, when you're coming into Talladega you're in fourth gear maybe fifth gear and you're like wide open like if you crack the throttle like you don't have all the torque yeah it's like a, it's a yeah it pulls but it's not like a yeah, yeah. You, you don't have like you, you can't just like you can't be three quarters of the throttle and then you crack the throttle and the, the wheel spins like yeah. that's just not how torque works on a combustion motorcycle but on the stark like if you're in 80 horsepower or 70 or 60 and you're like three quarter throttle going into talladega and you're doing 98 k's an hour and you crack the like you'll spin the wheels it goes it's again, like yeah the torque and the horsepower they're different numbers but it's like the way i would explain it is like no matter what horsepower you're set at like you still have all of the talk yeah. of like that that bike but is any, capable instantaneously of. it's wild it is and like, insane obviously i did that electric dirt bike conversion thing but like which is where they got the idea for stark obviously yeah obviously yeah <laughs> i'm still waiting for my royalties <laughs> yeah. but like what i learned from that and then obviously riding some of the other ones since then is like the motor is not the issue no. on these bikes like the motor is you could make them so much faster <laughs> it's messed up yeah and like the programmability and what you can do with mapping like it shits on anything you can do on a normal internal combustion engine like the limitations are endless or like you can't it's it's just endless you can do anything with that motor you can make it for a little kid or you can make it for someone who can't even ride the thing but like obviously the batteries are we're still working on that yeah well dude perfect example like my wife like so she lived in bali for a while so she got really good at riding scooters (laughs) (laughs) and so she was like riding scooters around uh forever and then i put her when when uh she moved to oz I was like, all right, let's go ride. And she's like, I want to ride to three. She's like 5'11", so she's not, I'm not really going to put her on a pit bike kind yeah. of thing. It'd be like worse than trying to put her on a big bike. So <laughs> all, all scrunched up yeah. with her knees all high. She's like, I'm just not into it. So I put her on my 350 and I'm like trying to teach her the whole kind of thing. And the whole time she's just like, like it's very, like there's so much more going on, right? The day I got the Stark, I just tuned it down to like, maybe 20 horsepower and it's just literally riding a scooter in bali again yeah you know and to be able to go to the track and i motor that thing and then she wants to go for a ride she can zip around and like you just literally just and the glenn helen like for world vets the first moto that i did i just realized that i i hadn't ever ridden a, a varg on a track that rough and at Parla, so i rode parlor sunday super smooth and I rode it on the setting, the engine brake setting that I come off the track with at Glen Helen for the last moto. And the bumps were so big that I just wanted to take all the engine braking out of the bike so that it had just, because the bumps slowed the bike down yeah. so much. Like, because you're just every corner, like you're going up into these bumps. And then just that programmability of being able to, and I'm on the track doing my first lap of pile and I'm like, I'll give it a little bit more. I'm like, ah, I still kind of want more. Cause you can actually like chop the throttle and turn off 
basically the engine brake and you don't really have to touch the brakes but yeah just the little finger slide of while you're on the track it takes two seconds it's just like does it have uh like regenerative yep. braking too yeah yep. which yep. probably isn't that much but it wouldn't maybe be. a little bit it wouldn't yeah. fuck all like i don't think it makes too yeah. much of a difference it's just for marketing purposes yeah but the the actual effect of the engine braking on the bike is like super dramatic and i back to back <clears throat> i back to back of 450 like a 2024 husky 450 that like literally same moto my buddy was riding the stark i rode the 450 and then i got on that oh no i went stark to 450 and i was just like what the fuck like this is not okay like just how much engine braking and how bound up the motor felt on the on the like a combustion bike it's just insane the difference and i think yeah once the tech kind of catches up because obviously it will yeah it will i mean i'm like basically right now i'm super old school i've just i've just decided to stick to the two-stroke year round now <laughs> yeah like, you don't even go to the four yeah. stroke yeah you don't but even like i get on the four stroke now and i'm like Nrr. it's yeah. like i got jake brakes like i can't it it's hard for me to ride that thing yeah whereas no. like i can see on what you're saying with the stark like you start on that and you're like zipping around and like probably just you can almost come into corners faster maybe i don't mm-hmm. know but like then you get on some of the engine braking you go to let off and you're like whoa i actually could have been kept going here because i didn't expect the bike to slow down so much well that happened to me so i i ripped that start at Glen helen and then i come into the first corner i hadn't i've never hit that that corner from the inside like where i started because i just have only ever practiced there you yeah, sort of and go you're swooping outside, yeah. <laughs> yeah so i was like lined up i had the shitty gay pick and then i was like well mcgrath started here so i just like yeah. pulled in he, he went first then there was another gate then there was the other so i was like i'm just gonna go on mc's gate but yeah i basically i was fucking like four bike lengths in front of everybody and then i slammed on the brakes but i had so much regen like engine braking the bike just fucking almost stopped dude and I, as soon as i hit the brakes i was like no like you just <laughs> fucked up the gnarliest best start of your life but yeah it was that i just had way too much engine braking and then yeah. going out there with how rough it was the bike was just i had to be on the throttle almost the whole way around yeah. the track because but you, you of, have the ability though to like understand like say the pros race their first practice they're like oh this is not what i need right now i need to back this off yeah so yeah. like you have that ability whereas like we did a ton of mapping testing i rode the shirko shirko four stroke for enduro cross and it was like the 300 yeah france was like mailing us maps to upload and like the time zone and just was not it just didn't make it's a lot a of sense thing. yeah 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 you know what i mean so like we get like four maps the next day and they're like this is one with less engine braking and i'd go to put it in and it would be like you would go and you'd let off the grass gas, but it would just be like a high hanging idle. And then it'd be like, no. And I'm like, this is, this is an end. What are you guys talking yeah, this about? Is like, breaking. Yeah, this yeah. is like, you're just keeping the gas on a little bit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, you know, it's, have you ever worked with Jamie at Twisted? Development? Uh, we did just briefly, but didn't really get, didn't yeah. get the results. Yeah. Well, it was like, he's so busy with everything yeah, else. Yeah. And it was like a side project. Yeah. Yeah. So like, they threw a get on and did some motor work, but it was on the Sherco 450. So mm-hmm. I didn't actually. You didn't end up yeah. on that one anyway. Well, so he did. It's funny. I actually haven't spoke to him since. So I need to call him and tell him. But he did a map for me in my 350, and he's like, "Oh, he's like, try this. It's like kind of a novelty map where it's like he basically made my 350 have no engine braking. Yeah, it was crazy. Which is dude. what I I think I'm so used to the two stroke. Yeah. 
Or like, oh, you would love yeah. it, man. Like, so I practiced with it at Glen Helen. It was like the Thursday or the Tuesday before the race. And then he's like, if you just click the switch, it'd be like a basically max power, max torque. Like that's our sick map for the bike. He's like, but if you want a really cool, fun map, like you should definitely try this. And I could not believe the difference. And I, he's like, what'd you think of it? And I'm like, man, I, I wouldn't run that. Like that's too much. But then after riding the Stark, when shit got really rough and knowing how much, and I went from like, like what is 65% or whatever to like 20. Like it was that big of a jump to get the bike to roll i was like dude that's actually insane and i ended up racing the 350 in a couple of the motos because just the battery charging like i was race 12 15 and 17 and they were 20 <laughs> minute motos. so they were like get off the track go back get some water put some fuel fuel in for the the bike or put some charge in it go back so anyway i ended up having to do two motos on the 350 and i was just like thank god for that <laughs> like that engine with, with your mean map yeah but because uh, i'm then going back to parlor i was just like this is such a crazy weird advantage to where you can just fully set your bike to like this is what i'm feeling this is what the track condition calls for i really want to roll or i i need some extra help stopping and the crazy thing is on the stock so i was um i probably cheated too by the way like i just don't even know if i was allowed to ride that bike <laughs> no one said anything <laughs> but everyone seemed pumped i was doing 70 horsepower for the start and then i so i built my map map one was the my start map so i'd go click down go into map one and then as soon as i come around the first turn i went into map two and yeah. that was 60 horsepower yeah so just instantly it's, it's dropped got the, 10 it's got like the two buttons on yep. the left right yeah and then you got like a android tablet up on the front there yeah literally you've got like <laughs> yeah. your, your dashboard i gave my buddy they were at tennessee knockout which has zero signal i mean you've been there yeah, right yeah, yeah yeah an absolute swamp sweat fest out there bro that was a fucking gnarly yeah. that was a gnarly <laughs> shoot the year i did it but um it was gnarly every year but <laughs> there's no signal out there and he like hadn't logged in in like two weeks so he couldn't i'm like let's see this thing dude i want to ride this like not ride it but like i want to start this thing up and let yeah, it spin yeah, like i haven't yeah. seen one yet it was all exciting and uh, we turn it on and he like couldn't log in like type his email I'm like dude what are you doing it's a dirt bike bro <laughs> yeah I had the same and I shit. was like what do you do like so you run out of battery you plug in the nearest charging station on your maps like I was just talking bad yeah. shit <laughs> yeah but he ended up like people had wi-fi out there so he got logged in and then it was fine but I think it like auto logged out after like well, two that, weeks or something like that happened to me at Parlor the other day I just stupidly said yes to an update while <laughs> and I was then at the track. waiting yeah, to ride. And, yeah, and so <laughs> I said yes to the update, but then the fucking data ran out oh, on the no. thing. So then I'm like, my buddy, my wife's like, what are you doing, dude? It's 11 a.m. and you haven't even rode yet. And I was like, ah, fucking the app. I did the update. Yeah. Now I got a hotspot off my iPhone <laughs> for the Android. I'm like, this is a shit show right yeah. now. Yeah. I don't know. I just laugh at the it's not the tablet it, on there. I'll say like I understand it, but also I'm like I just do the buttons with yeah. a light. Ging, ging, Give me ging, ging, green green go. light, yellow light, red light. Like which yeah. one's slow and fast? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I obviously had to talk shit when 
it didn't have signal and he couldn't log in. I'm like, dude, that's a, what that's is gonna this be thing? A, there's going to be a lot of that. I know. Like now lot. it's going to be face ID to open your bike, you know? Yeah, everyone, you'll see people like lifting their chin yeah. up on their helmet to try and open their bike. Uh, we'll see if it gets there. Hopefully not. Well, I think... I guess it prevent uh, bike stealers, you know, when they go to Supercross in Oakland or something, you know, people yeah. can't their bike stolen anymore. Yeah, yeah good luck. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say... They'll be hacking them. They, the bike... I will say like handles is good. It's like better to ride. Yeah, I'd it's got easier. green components. And like yeah. you look at the build quality and like I was trying to like see it best as I could. And like it's got like a legit like from the trials bikes, like a mini radiator and fan underneath there. So it's like water cooled. Like, yeah, it seems like, uh, you know, they did. They put their, their homework into it. Yeah. And the thing is, that's version one. Yeah. You know, and I think that's probably there's obviously like they're they're fully going they're like they were the first ones yeah i mean alter but those guys they made some bad decisions with where they were paying for their rent in san francisco right by the airport like yeah <laughs> their I mean. burn rate was <laughs> steep and then they stole a bunch of uh engineers from tesla well not stole but you know they gave them better oh really yeah so they had like some tesla engineers there for the battery side of things and that probably costed a pretty penny which obviously needed but I wonder if like they it, just had a mad burn rate and yeah. couldn't contain it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I guess the the point is like it's version one. Yeah, and it's fucking sick. Yeah, and it's it's definitely like if this bike gets better, if in two years I get a version two and it's better than this bike, like fuck, that's pretty <laughs> gnarly, you know. And, and I'm it's curious just to going see to like the push now from the other brands. Like you got Canard doing a bunch of testing and like. I didn't expect them to release that, but they released it. I'm like, I mean, it makes sense. Like, yeah. um, it, like, I don't know. I don't know who's like the world is just pushing for the, the green aspect of it, you know? So yeah. I guess it's friendly and then it's not super loud, but then, you know, you got to charge it with your generator at the track. So that doesn't help. But, yeah. um, yeah. like Yamaha, I know they have like an electric trials bike. That's pretty sick. Okay. And then I rode EM electric motion they have a trials bike i think they're a french brand yeah and they have like an actual real clutch like i think they have like a lower mm -hmm. like a bottom end from that's a motorcycle well that that was one of my suggestions that i kind of made to stock that's the like, other it'd be nice but it's kind of weird it doesn't work like you can't really boost that power it's like mm -hmm. kind of like kind of like loaded yeah up the, the original way. i rode one a long time ago um early rendition and it was like it was like a double switch. Like it was like fucking with my mind trying to ride it. Like it was like an on off switch here. Yeah. And a clutch and then, and then off, off switch. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the new one I rode, you can like almost kind of build the power on it. But like sometimes I ride people's bikes and I'm like, how the fuck do you ride this thing? Like what this thing is feels terrible. Like I'm literally trying to ride with this bike and do technical stuff on it and just see how it works. And it's like the clutch is all the way in against. I get, yeah. And it's like, it's just rolling forward on me. I'm like, dude, your clutch is in the worst position. Like, you can't even use your clutch. I don't know why you have it on there. Yeah. And like the front end's all loose and clanky. I'm like, you you ride this thing? And what, what brand what is that? that it's ECM called a Electric thing? Motion. Okay. I haven't yeah, seen French. They have that weird. Have you seen? You probably haven't seen it, but it's like FIM Explorer series. Yes. Yeah. And I've it, met those guys. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, honestly yeah. like i was like what is this it looks kind of cool and then like i had a couple of friends race it and i was like seeing their stories i'm like this is the biggest crock of shit i've ever seen in my life <laughs> yeah but they have uh a bike in that it's kind of like a weird crossover hybrid like a like Suron is like a weird yeah yeah hybridish bike so they have like a pretty legit trials bike and then it's not like a dirt bike it's like a 
I mean, it's a dirt bike, but it's not like a Stark. It's a, yeah, one of those yeah. hybrid bike things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, it should be around. Like, I mean, for me, I think about being able to like buy property kind of close. Like there's this, the yeah, perfect example. Town or like my kid has a Stasic. Like, oh bro, your kid's going to be a savage. So like. Purely because of those things. You can just do whatever on a Stasic and no one cares. Like yeah. no one said a negative thing to him. Yeah. Yeah. And think about the, man, I'm just here for the stasic generation like how many crazy <laughs> we've seen the whips kids throws on those things like insane. you watch commercials like a, i saw a stasic commercial and i was like i quit right now i'm already i'm done that was <laughs> really? insane yeah it was like a six-year-old kid like throwing a pancake like unreal yeah well think about uh what's that now links have you seen that kid no I mean, oh yeah i've seen him seen before him yeah, sure, yeah i've seen dude. him but like I don't follow him, but like it's popped up and it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, like but think about an entire generation. Like I remember, I remember being a kid, and and just desperate to ride my fifty in the backyard. And it was like a it was like a once in a month thing where dad would be like, "All right, just for ten minutes you can ride <laughs> your fifty, just so you don't piss off the neighbors." And it was just like a box, like residential kind of like backyard, and it was like around the clothesline fucking in near the pool and then back behind the shed and then you do a u-turn then and you lap back. after lap yeah like, just over and then dad's like all right cut it off like you're done but just think about being a kid now like your kid with the stasic and it's yeah. just like all day right in the fucking house if you want like just yeah like I, I ran into like a little mini x and dug like a little track out for him and he's not as pumped about it as i am but i think he'll get there one day <laughs> yeah 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 but it gives kind of kids that chance where yeah. it's like because i remember Dude, I don't, I don't know if it's the same for you, but just like one of the scariest things ever as a kid was being strapped onto a dirt bike by yourself for the first time and the motor's going. And trying it's to like, learn how to use the clutch and your dad's yelling at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably still traumatized from that. <laughs> but think about like I, I had a couple crashes on like P-Dub-50s and like I, I distinctly remember the fear of just being wide open on a 50 and just uh, into a fence or something like that yeah and into a i had a car door once that one was bad and then i just a fence that like my dad used to take me to ride at the boat ramp like the park (laughs) like there was a dirt lot at our boat ramp and it was just like crocodile signs and my 50 (laughs) and mangroves (laughs) but yeah like how gnarly the barrier to entry is as a kid to be on like a 50 and you know how scary it is like i see kids all the time where they're like kind of scared to get on the bikes and shit like like the noise kind of scares them too yeah yeah the vibration and the power and it's like these things are just so much more manageable yeah it's it's honestly been a huge improvement i think and like now like you said this future is is scary like what these kids will be capable of yeah yeah no 100 as an engineer one thing that I actually spoke to Anton, which that's kind of another cool thing with Stark, is like you can just, oh, I can just call the CEO and he'll be like, What did you think of the bike <laughs> yeah. this weekend? And I'm like, Well, this is what happened. This Is he Spanish also? or No, he's Swedish. Swedish. Super, super cool. Like, yeah. awesome dude. Like, I think, I don't can't remember, it was like six in the morning and he's like, Just FaceTime me. I want to talk. It was like 11 here. But, um, you know, there was a couple of things I figured out with the bike. Like, you can't you basically like with the chain stay like the chain axle blocks like they've got their own custom thing it's like the we just couldn't get the adjustment right like i couldn't get the bike long enough with like the stock chain we had to add another chain but then that made it kind of like too long so we had to really figure out the wheelbase sort of thing on it and there was like just all these little things and i 
I'd spoke to him about it because he wanted the feedback and he's like, oh, we've actually got them in production now. And so there's all just like these little things. They know what's going on and they're able to react, react quick because they're like still small enough, I guess. Yeah. But the thing that I said I kind of wanted, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts as an engineer. I want the opposite of fly-by-wire. Like, so I want a cable, but on the electric bike yeah. because... I hate fly like the by field wire. It sucks, dude. You need to like have someone like design like a spring inside there that gives you the feel. Yeah, and then you probably wouldn't think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's more like there's something to do with the cable. You get like a bit of stretch. Oh, you get there's a like bit the of, little ridges on it sometimes. You yeah, know, like, and you get like resistance. Yeah, I just feel like you can kind of like feel the ridges of the cable. Yep. As you turn it. Yep. Yep. And that. Uh, it's as weird <laughs> that's how like that one knockoff one i made for like the little project it literally had like the cable i cut mounted to a thing so like you still had that yeah yeah that's why but, i'm bringing yeah. it up because i'm like so you could do something like that but mine was obviously janky but they can do something good yeah because it's funny though so i was talking to jack miller about it and he was saying that ducati wanted to do fly by wire on they want to go that direction on the moto gp bikes and he was like nope nope so they made a they made like a cable that and i feel like the cable thing it to me it's like more of a state safety i don't know why i think of it like I just think of old school fly-by-wire systems where like if something goes wrong, yeah. it's a loose unit and you can't control it. Whereas like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like if there's a cable attached to it, eh, it'll probably shut off. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in the you you get fatigued from having to be so precise, precise you know, and like on a moto, you can, oh, like not that it's not a moto, like on a cable throttle, you kind of rest on it. And it's like the the, chew, every, the the way that it wears, like I don't, there's something in the feel of like when a cable kind of starts to wear and it gets a bit of dirt and a bit of grit. Like, you, you sound know, like your dad right now or yeah, something. Like, but, I don't know if your dad talks like that, but like the old school vibe or like the people who are like, oh, I can't do a start with a hydraulic clutch. Like I need yeah, a cable. But like, yeah. I get it. Like I do get it. There's something yeah. there. Like there's, a, there's definitely, because I'm not, a, I don't get, that much arm pump you know but then it's like when you've got to like there's a couple of points like uh well yeah you go too hard on electric bike you're like you're done you're looping out like the thing's gonna kick into not kicking the gear but like it's taken off so like you i see what you mean where like on the on the especially four strokes sometimes two strokes too but like you can just get on a little bit harder and it's not gonna yeah. bite you well you're almost like resting on yeah. the table like that whatever resistance like you your brain gets very used to how much resistance what like and full throttle on a bike feels different to just to, like turning it you know quarter throttle it's like it's so progressive and just everything's it's kinda, just it's too digital feely with the yeah. fly-by-wire like with the analog with the cable it just you know what it's going to do and you can I know exactly what you mean and it just feels better yeah and then you get on this thing and you're like i don't know what it's doing like the first time i rode the alta i was like i i, I don't trust this motorcycle it's too fast yeah like i don't know when it's going to take off or when i don't have enough like that was my issue yeah with it yeah yeah no. whereas the cable i don't know it's like obviously the motor too on a normal dirt bike but it uh it was just something new and it was like a learning i think it's a learning process that needs to be done well that's what i was about to say like you you get used to it and it's not a big deal but if you had to say like what would you like i'll put it this way if there was an aftermarket company 
that made a cable conversion for a Stark Varg, that's what I'd want to run. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Stark hard parts. Yes, yeah. please. I'm getting, I'm or, getting uh, one a, of those. A mock-up clutch. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. But I thought about that the first time I ever rode an e-mountain bike. Like, you kind of get in the pinch. It, the the Varg's so much smoother. The power, obviously, yeah. it has, like, a throttle. But I remember the first, like, kind of gnarly, pinchy climb that I did on a mountain bike. It was it, like, it, like it, it, it wasn't there or it was there. And you're like, this isn't... I need, like, a flywheel weight or something in you, here to smooth it out. Well, I thought, like, you know where you got the dropper post? Yeah. You almost just need, like, a little kind of modular... Um, I don't know what it'd be. It's just like a little, for a second. Just so a fake, spin. Yeah, just a fake clutch where it's just like there was just a curve that was attached to like coded into it. And it's like as it went in and it was just like a weird kind of yeah. S curve, you know. I was at Thunder Valley a couple of weeks ago and the Tucker from Electric Cycle Rider was out there. He brought and he had like an ex-pro from the area come out and they, he was just kind of wanted shooting content and like a fast dude's. Opinion, opinion of the yeah. bike and like he wrote it for quite a while asked him what he thought it would last straight up if he was like motoing and it was respectable um yeah. i'd say but like he there's like the pretty big whopper there like the triple in the back and like the battery was kind of starting to go down but like he was still hitting it yeah and i was like you're kind of gnarly bro <laughs> but uh he was also saying how like he didn't need the clutch like it wasn't no, necessary no, no, on the bike no. but he said he kept finding himself like coming off something and like landing with like his finger out like the clutch was there and he would land and then he'd be like oh and yeah. like grip on the bar again well, so dude, i got uh, i saw your of, blister like yeah. literally when you showed up at the coffee shop or chatting there and i'm like that's a weird blister well so i did i don't know if the camera can see it but i dude i did so many 20 minute motos this year like we committed to the whole vets thing like january 1 we were like, we're fucking doing it. And then I bought running shoes and like we, a group, our group, we did it, you know. And I just did 20 after 20 after 20 after 20. And like my hands, are, I got like good blisters on them. And like I was not worried about it. That was one of my things. I was like, I just don't want fucking blisters. Yeah, and then you smoked. And then I didn't realize, but because you don't have that finger out there and you're not kind of going back and forth like you're just in one spot the entire time and it was a position i hadn't trained and man like i i ended up having tuesday because uh, i rode tuesday thursday and then the saturday sunday for the race tuesday i was like fuck i'm gonna get some blisters here so then i was like taping it up and then after the race we got the footage i like pull the tape off and just all this skin comes my hand just starts bleeding i was like holy shit dude but yeah it's from just being in a weird position yeah yeah that's a new blister i've never no, never death, death, death grip position yeah and <laughs> and you're like yeah i don't know you sort of obviously when your elbows are up or whatever like you're kind of pointing in but yeah there's like a lot of cool new shit and but it was fun like to to just experience a new thing and like the bike if i started the weekend with the bike that i rolled off the track with for the last race i would have been stoked you know yeah. like because we just changed so much like throughout the weekend because it's just a different kind of new thing yeah and figured it out a little bit yeah yeah i'm curious to see when that'll start coming out mm. more for pro racers at some point or other brands and like hard enduro style like for sure enduro cross it could work yeah um because it's so short yeah and they Alta went to Erzberg one year. Yeah. And I think my buddy, I think Ty Tremaine qualified front row actually. Really? On it. But like he, I think he maybe made it to 
checkpoint seven <laughs> out, so, of, out of 30 <laughs> out of like 26 <laughs> so but i mean there's gnarly deep hill climbs there like you everyone's oh, yeah. seen the footage at erzberg and like so i guess it was but it it was heavy too i think the starks get lighter at least yeah yeah, I mean they're, they're still they're still heavy, but like V one, you know, like yeah. I think that's kind of the cool part about it. And will I like I was talking to a buddy this morning, and, and we were sort of going through the whole world vet scene. He's like, oh, if you could own one bike forever, what would it be? I'm like, it has to be a 350. Like you just there's if I want to ride to the tip of Australia with my friends and do a 3,000 kilometer, it's just that's what it is. Like it, at no point. They, I would say that the Varg will be like the fucking world's best motocross bike. Like, there's just not a bike that's, or maybe the Honda or whatever. Like, for just straight out getting a lap time on a motocross track or an enduro cross track, that's what's going to be the move. But it's like you can't do everything. No, everything no. that everything that's possible on a dirt bike cannot be done on those bikes. Yeah. Who knows? I guess just the battery limitation, like we said. Yeah. So if you engineering wise, like, do you think about when you're done riding, like that's something that you'll keep going with and make it into a career? Or have you ever thought about like the things that interest you in that lane and what you do? Yeah. I mean, it kind of just keeps creeping up on me that thought I'm still trying to hold it off best I can. And not, not that you, you're not that you're <laughs> I'm, I'm 35 done. now, so I'm. I don't know. I still feel young, but then I like. You look went at, to Australia uh, with Mike Brown, and he was like <laughs> ninety three when you did that trip. <laughs> uh, Mike's another animal, though. Bro. I guess I'm still hanging in there, but like my wrist is trash. It just it gets by. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I'd like to stay something related to the industry and do something with development side of things. And honestly, the electric side of thing really does interest, interest me yeah. because. Yeah. It's kind of like a ground up yeah. operation where, yeah. you know, you're not reinventing the wheel, but you're kind of doing a lot of these things for the first time, you know, yeah. like it's like a huge hats off to like triumph. I mean, you could kind of copy a lot of the stuff that's already out there, but like they built something from, from nothing zero. So I, and just what I did before with my senior project, I think you like, I could get hired at one of these places at least. So that's yeah. job security. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I do have a little bit of a resume to at least keep me, uh, keep them interested in hiring me especially yeah. as an engineer and pro racer on the you know super technical side of things so yeah i mean i don't know of another rider that's got your pedigree history background you know yeah, like not that many i mean i know like you know he was a kid from michael akaiden he like barely was qualifying for main events yeah but he's not cody but Webb, like, like yeah he's a mechanical engineer and made it happen but not not cody webb i guess as you put it so yeah, it's something that interests me, but I still just enjoy riding, and it's yeah. awesome, and the freedom aspect, and there's something about sitting behind a desk that scares me, especially because yeah. I interned at Bell Helmets for a little bit <laughs> since <laughs> there, and uh, it was really fun for two weeks. I broke helmets every single day and just collected data, and like, this helmet was cold. It was hot, like, helmets soaked, like, the weirdest tests you could ever imagine, it was sick like just breaking things was fun and then uh it was kind of before they came out with the moto 10 and they were working on some other stuff so i basically spent like just eight hours a day a couple of days like two days a week because i was racing for him right so like it was kind of just like a weird partnership type deal yeah but i just sat at a desk and did cad and surfacing on solidworks and i it was just not 
not cool. Not it. <laughs> yeah, it's not it for me. <laughs> yeah. Like the highlight of my day was the lunch ride. Like, you know, like yeah, I'm sure other did, companies yeah. are like that, like a Fox or, yeah. and it's like they go every, like specialized, they go out on a lunch ride and it's just like an absolute burner and everyone kills themselves. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to prove a point like that was, that was a highlight of every day. So that's yeah. why I'm still riding motorcycles. What's the average day in the life of you look like these days? It's way I? different than it used to be. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But uh, average day now, um, for well, a like while now, week. it was, yeah, a, well, I would be waking up at 5 a.m. Because, okay. the, because the, the kids, kids are asleep. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, they're still sleeping. So wake up at 5, I go to the gym at 6, and then I'm back home probably around like 7, 15, and help get my son ready for school, take him to school. And then if I'm going routing that day, like I would drop him off and then go riding from there or go home, maybe kind of adjust a couple of things and go ride my dirt bike. So I try and get that stuff knocked out of the way as much as possible. And then we are somewhat remodeling our house we moved into. So then the afternoon consists of, uh, you know, like putting new lights in or like hanging sheetrock <laughs> in the fire, around the fireplace. And then we have a seven month old. So my wife's like, can you please take her for an hour? Like I haven't got anything done. I'm like, all right. So then, so then I get nothing done and I'm like trying to vacuum one handed. Like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. life has just got more hectic. And like, like I said, like I'm going to the, I don't want to go to the gym at 6am, but like that's the time slot that's I have available because yeah, yeah. no one else needs me or needs my attention. So that's kind of my escape time to kick my own ass. And then, you know, depending on the day of the week, I'll go ride mountain bikes with friends or I'll, you know, during the hard enduro season, I'll disappear for three hours or something like that and just suffer on some trails I have in the mountains. And so honestly, enduro cross is an easier part of the year because yeah. I can drop my kid off from school, maybe go home and like work on my bike for a second and load up and go to my enduro cross moto. So it's super simple, but it's just more regimented. And like, I just, it's not as fun to me. Mm. I, something about the hard enduro side of things. I just like, yeah, you've always loved that. I shit. like the adventure yeah. side of it and like feeling like no one's done this before. Whereas like just clicking off lap, lap after lap is over it. And then I normally, I'm in Colorado. So like normally during the week I try and go to thunder yeah. every Wednesday just to cross train and ride moto That's so sick. i'm the dude on a two-stroke with a headlight out there yes the headlight <laughs> gang i love the headlight yeah. gang uh there was one time out there i felt like i was just ripping i was like yeah like no one was touching me and then all of a sudden out of nowhere i hear a two-stroke i'm like who the hell is this kid i look behind me and ben lemay works there oh yeah, it, okay. and i'm like He's okay fast. it's yeah it's fine you yeah me. yeah yeah well colorado would be a pretty dope spot to be like in your line of work yeah it's really awesome for like spring summer and fall and then winter i gotta uh, i, I gotta drive sucks. south a little yeah. bit so we have spots south of us where just it's just like a weird banana belt that doesn't get hit with as much snow so there's plenty of hard enduro stuff my buddy kind of has a jink we just got to spend the time and effort to put mm. in enduro cross track but like i said i only ride enduro cross when i need to <laughs> yeah um but this winter i'm thinking about um i got two bikes at the house and a trials bike and plenty of mountain bikes so i think i'll leave a van in arizona with trials bike dirt bike and a mountain bike and kind of go back i got so many i got like just so many flight miles i can just go back and forth essentially for free oh sick so i'll just fly back and forth and leave my van at a buddy's house yeah yeah what was the what inspired the move to colorado because i love colorado it's yeah such a i great mean state. it's it's super awesome but like my wife went to school there so like we kind of had friends there but honestly mostly it was being in california 
and we had our son in January of 2020. Um, and then like six weeks after that, we're like in San Diego actually hanging out with friends and my wife was at a convention and it was like, everything was on news about COVID and the pandemic. And I was like, Oh, this will blow over. It's fine. Like swine flu all over again. And then like we got home and boom, I was like, everything's done. And I'm in California and we're in NorCal. Um, we were kind of like Bay area, San Jose, yeah, yeah, that type of area. Um, and like we had our son is like, we couldn't like everything. We were, everything was like shut down and afraid. And for a while I was like the sickest thing ever because I had my van. So I looked like a, you know, important person Yeah, or whatever. Uh, I was going to work. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I had my incognito van. So I was just going riding every day, no traffic, just like, this is sick. And then there was like no racing and no, none of yeah. this and none of that. And it was like, huh, this is maybe not as, this is still going on and not as cool as I thought it was. Um, and then we're paying outrageous property tax for like terrible schools. Yeah. Well, my kid wasn't near He's still there. He's in school now, but like the amount of money you're spending on property tax for like some of the worst schools in the country. Yeah. And I would go like some of the East coast, East coast started having some races. Like I did a GNCC just for the hell of it. Cause they were yeah. still having that. Yeah. And then I would come home and it was like depressing. Like we couldn't even eat outdoors at a restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. We had our kid and things just, I was just in a bad space mentally, I feel like. And I think we were ready for something different and exciting. So we kind of went somewhere that was a little more middle ground, I guess. And, um, we were in Denver for a little bit and I couldn't do that anymore either. Um, just tweakers in your alley (laughs) walking around like, so, I mean, there's, they're everywhere in like a big city. Right. So now I'm at 7,400 feet in the mountains, foothills, and I got pine trees and a little bit of property. And, you know, there's, it's difficult because there's no amenities nearby. Like we have like a mac and cheese restaurant and a saloon and a post office and that's it where I'm at. So like, so I got, I got to venture a little bit to go to Safeway and get groceries, but it's really not that far. It's 12 minutes. But like in my areas, it's not real any, it's not a real city. So like, it was just a mixture of things, but I think mostly just having a kid and want to have a good life for them and mm. good schools. And yeah, so, and I fly all the time. Right. And I was, I always flew United cause I'd fly out of San Francisco. Like when I was racing in Europe, San Francisco to Munich or San Francisco mm. to Frankfurt every time on United and Denver was a hub for United. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of how, I don't know, different reasons. I was looking at other States too and different things, but Texas was a little too flat, not gnarly enough terrain for me. And yeah, it's, uh, it's plenty of good riding. There's just hard to find good riding. Yeah. And then we were looking at like Boise, Idaho too, which is dope too. Yeah. Yeah. So that we that's were, where Wes is at now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I talked yeah. to him about that. Yeah. We kind of moved around similar times, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, I talked to him about that and we were thinking Boise too, but I was like, I don't want to be like every other California that moved there, but like every other California has already moved to Colorado, like or Texas before or, we did. And yeah. now like Colorado, there's so many Texas plates, like all the Texans are coming to Colorado. I don't really? know. Like, yeah. It's strange. Yeah. Well, so when I first got here, uh, cause I, like I hadn't been to the States in five years and then I went to, I went to Washougal and I flew straight from Washougal to Wes's place in Boise. And cause I just hadn't seen him in like, you know, ages <laughs> yeah like and you fuck he had two kids and the whole deal and i was like i just need to i need some family time yeah. with with wes you know and so i went there and he's in nampa 
and man it was cool like, yeah it's super awesome there and like we raced there like that was on literally on the ticket and i guess i just knew more people that were in the hard cool. i knew more yeah. people in the hard enduro community yeah that already had some stuff established there so that's pretty much why we ended up there yeah but california got weird like, yeah i'm pretty glad i wasn't here for, for temecula that. was its own little weird hub though that wasn't as really yeah because my mechanic at the time he lived um wildemar area yeah and yeah. like he was still going to restaurants and no one like Just county threatening but they're like we don't care like we're gonna get closed down one way or another if you don't make us work or yeah so i think maybe like central temecula old town all that stuff is probably like that but like more of the outskirty stuff it's it's a little bit of wild west still yeah, yeah. in parts of yeah. temecula you know I, man, I couldn't believe when I went to Washougal how bad Portland was. <laughs> it's pretty wild. I haven't been there in a while, but I went and we went for a wedding in like 2018. Oh, and, so I can't even imagine what it's like now. Well, I went to Portland. I mean, it probably would have been around 2017, like around that sort of time. Remember I was filming with that band? They, they recorded an album there. So we spent like two weeks or two and a half weeks while they were like recording this album in Portland and we went to like Burnside and all the cool kind of Portland places and it was, I mean, it was weird. There's cool neighborhoods there too with like yep. kind of brick and mortar style buildings yep. and restaurants and like there's like neat neighborhoods inside Portland, like outside of downtown that I thought were really cool. That was the best part I thought when I was there. Well, yeah, we were kind of like in those sort of outskirts, but then... Yeah, I went for Washougal, man, and, like, I got up in the morning and uh, after the race, like, we went out at night and stuff, and it was, like, kind of cool. Like, it was still sort of, you know, had a cool, fun vibe. But then I got up in the morning to try and have a coffee, <laughs> and I walked to this coffee shop, and it was a fucking ghost town. And I was like, dude, how is it like this? And it was just homeless people everywhere. It literally looked like I had driven into the set of the walking dead <laughs> man and i was i mean i've seen video like i haven't been there but like yeah it's it's kind of scary what it's become and it's like it was one of the coolest cities in america you know like when you talk about that whole kind of progressive and like i mean they like weed like was legal there and weird, early yeah, yeah. and like the live music scene and you know the kind of craft beer and they, they were like it was a cool musical kind of place and then it just fucking see you <laughs> like but and then the same in la like, yeah I don't, I don't know if you've been into la lately but it's just like whoa like this place really got weird yeah san francisco happened there too and like denver as well but like now it's like weird there's like area called commerce city north and it's like more industrial places and they're just like the worst ugly looking rvs parked like they keep them out of the main areas, but like people are just parked up on the side of the street doing their thing. Like I get it. Rents. Yeah. It's gnarly. gnarly. Like shit's not easy right now. And like, mm. it's, but I don't know. I don't know how to go about it. That's why I'm not out there trying to solve it. But like yeah. you look <laughs> yeah. at it and yeah. you're like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Like Matson was telling me. So I used to live in Playa Vista. I don't know if you know where that is but it's like kind of like near the airport it's like opposite marina del rey it's like really yeah, yeah. close to I know where that is, yeah. yeah so but matson used to live there as well so it was dope like youtube built their their huge headquarters google had a headquarters there like this whole place basically was kind of like built around it was like a mini san fran vibe kind of thing in there you know and i was uh we were at 
we were on a Red Bull shoot recently and we were flying back and just kind of talking. And he's like, oh, bro, did you not hear about <laughs> Playa Vista? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, man, that became like overrun with homeless people. Like he said that there was, they basically built like a bar, a nightclub, like these homeless people built like full blown nightclubs, like in this area. <laughs> for themselves. Like, yeah, for themselves. And he's like, every bridge, every, it was like, uh, you kind of got those like little man made rivers or whatever. And then you kind of go up into oh, the, the aqueduct hills. thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the aqueducts. And, uh, and yeah, they were just like full cities. Of, and then like RVs like that all just parked the RVs and I was like holy shit like that is crazy they're just doing their thing just, out there just living, living. Dude. yeah but I mean fuck like what are you supposed to around here rents like three three and a half grand a month for yeah. an apartment in Costa Mesa and you're just like whoa yeah it's it's gnarly and like you know even even other riders you've heard of like getting on the opioids or having surgeries and then you know it's hard to get off that stuff and like justin hill was trying to be a sheriff and it was like almost too depressing for him mm. to see that every single day and went back to riding his dirt bike you know and i had another friend that raced arena cross was in reno uh became a cop and everything for like a full year and he like you know did it for a good purpose to try and make a difference and obviously yeah. he's got a good work ethic for yeah. coming from a dirt bike yeah, guy to be yeah. a cop he's fit and he quit after a year because he said every day was just the same depressing just dealing thing with and junkies you can't it's like you can't help him you know yeah yeah well that's gnarly with hill is like he basically wanted same deal like i want to make a difference i want to like kind of you know do my part and then he's like just fucking meth heads man like it's just <laughs> crazy amounts of meth heads and that's that's literally it but yeah anyway fucking sidetrack but it's <laughs> it's definitely it's it's eye-opening you know but like it's funny i was talking to i was actually talking to hammer this morning um and we were just kind of having one of those kind of combos we just went down the rabbit hole and i'm just like america's so dope <laughs> like that's kind of the bummer part of it is that even here you know you talk to people like that love being here they're from here like you know and they just they say fuck it's going to shit and it's like it's still pretty sick but i think everyone forgot like pre-america the world was the worst place like it was so insane like europe was literally being divided by constantly but just like by a, a new pope and it's like who the fuck is this new pope and then they're like this guy they won this war here so then they put the pope there and then the pope just literally redivides europe and it's like prussia like that was just a country that like this is not a country anymore and it's like so much shit was going down in the world and then there was no such thing as individual rights like as a per there was no you did your job they were just but there was like you were basically property yeah you know like it just there was a king that just kind of owned everything and you couldn't be like hey man you can't do that to me because like i'm a fucking man and i'm a human and i've got my right and no that's like not a thing that is america like america made that the model that then the world followed and it's just like i think we've all kind of got crazy to remember just how fucked up the world was before i think this. we got it to where it was too easy and we like did. our our thoughts mattered almost too much at a certain point but like yeah i think it's still awesome i mean you're here right like Fuck yeah. it's it's awesome but like it's just things are expensive as all hell now like yeah and it's that just part like, hurts that yeah, part there's hurts. just some like weird thinking yeah and like weird you know there's issues that get attention that it's just like 
Yeah. Why? Like, like there's six uh, people. Uh, that are, you know, six people are dealing 150 with 150 years ago, we were fighting off bears for our survival, like hoping the grizzlies wouldn't eat us or survive a winter with the wolves. And like, shit was actually hard. Now we're making things hard when they don't need to be. Yeah. Oh, I'm when too. we just need to go out and respect each other and just, just be cool, man. Just shit. be cool, man. Just go about your day. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you see someone in trouble, just help them out. Yeah. I live, like I said, I, live, I have a little bit of property, not a ton, but like, my old neighbor comes by, we shoot the shit. I help him work on things because he, you know, he's older. Like, I just live my life in the mountains. I'm trying to be a mountain man a little bit, you know? You should be a mountain yeah. man, though. I feel like it's... I was trying to grow a beer, but I was like, oh, I got to be a professional here. I can't come in looking like crap, so... <laughs> Dude, what do you think I do? I look like shit. <laughs> At well, least yours is kind of full, like... My wife texted me, the, the, texted me. she said to me this morning, she goes, you sh- you're just doing something with your beard, right? She's like, you look like absolute shit. <laughs> it's like, if I didn't, if I wasn't married, I would look so fucking bad. I don't <laughs> even, know. even worse than what oh, you do right yeah, now? Oh, yeah, dude. I don't know what... <laughs> it is but i just don't care yeah i just like the thought of like i haven't been to get a haircut in like years yeah it's pretty long and i just don't even know like i can't see my life where i would book a hair appointment (laughs) 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 people i I was thinking about i mean i have a mullet right now that like my friend's girlfriend or uh fiance cut for me like (laughs) but you had to get a haircut i did have to get a haircut that's not a thing for me but it was free. I gave her a tip the second time. She gave me at the Tennessee knockout. Manny Ledmickler has a mullet, you know. So we both got. I didn't have a mullet, so he got a tune up, and then I got a mullet. So we were both rocking mullets. The Tennessee mud flap, you know. And <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks went by, and it's starting to look a little. It wasn't as moldy, you know. So they were at another one of our races. So I was like, hey, I need a. We gotta get. We gotta really, tune up. Really cut this thing. In. Yeah, dude, I could cut the meanest mullet right Yours would, And it with would like be, all the curls, oh, oh, it would be psycho. Yeah. I'd get the AP also. would be so jealous yeah. of you, <laughs> bro. I wish I could just give him like half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's he's hanging on though. Oh like, yeah, he's still holding on. Fully, really hard. fully hanging on. I was just thinking, like, I don't know if it's really a mullet anymore. He's got going on. What is it? I don't know. Just say, like, like. Who's splinter? You know, like you yeah. know, people say like a rat tail. It's yeah. like a splinter tail hanging out the back, yeah, like an yeah, old, yeah. old decrepit rat tail that's been going on for ages. Well, the the off road world really embraced the mullet. Oh, like uh, Toby you, Price. You Toby did it. Chucky did oh, it. Oh, Chucky has yeah. Chucky's got a mean mullet for a while. Yeah. So I see. You guys are just different, Manny. Yeah, we just don't care. You just don't want to be on no track, no fucking sick haircuts. Just like just cut me in a mullet. And <laughs> just cut me in a mullet. <laughs> but the thing that is, I think the thing that separates you guys. Well, I guess moto dudes kind of have it in a different way, but there's like a weird suffering that takes place in like a hard enduro. Or yeah, like, it's they moto guys suffer. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's different. way different. Yeah, there's nothing that's like. Like I've done the the enduro races that I've done at home. They're like nowhere near hard enduros, but there's yeah. some times where you know you'll try and go around some riders off the main line, and then you'll get stuck on a hill, and your bike's overheating, and you're exhausted and it's just like I would the amount of money I would give somebody in cash right now to just be taken off this fucking hill (laughs) and and go home is absurd and it's like you like that yeah there's there's definitely like a MacGyver thing going on like I remember pre-running with my old teammate Max Gersten for like King of Motos and we're just like out there it's starting to get dark we're like shit we got to get back 
And then next thing you know, it's like bike kept overheating. And like both of us filled the whole bike with water. We hadn't seen anyone in ages, had our own water in ages. And we're like in this canyon in Hammertown, like so far away. Like we kind of know the general direction to get back. No signal, trying to call people. His bike keeps overheating. It literally got to the point, like we finally were like, why does this thing keep overheating? And they for, they had rebuilt it recently and they forgot to tighten the hose clamp underneath the tank. Uh, on the radiator so it kept losing coolant that way yeah so both of us took turns holding the bike and pissed in it (laughs) to get it back so like (laughs) like we're just think differently you know like we're ultimate macgyvers and like everything just turns into a challenge but like never before i've like we didn't hold it for each other, right? I just want to get that out of there. Right? <laughs> but like, we held the bike for each other. <laughs> look away. But, yeah, yeah, yeah look away. Right <laughs> yeah. But like, we got back at like 9.30 at night and it was like freezing ass cold in January in the desert. You know what I mean? Like, and there's been other times like doing a race in Brazil called Minas Riders. Like, I don't think I saw anyone for like an hour and a half, dude. Just like wild horses just running <laughs> in front of you. Like, it's like sometimes I think about it like it's pretty scary yeah it's pretty scary sometimes no it is and you guys kind of like it yeah and it's like Erzberg I know I'm like it's just the worst suffer fest of all time but like yeah you normally see people out there but like Romaniacs is kind of another way like I only did it one time and like Manny's a special soul dude like that guy he's won it multiple times in a row and like Graham Jarvis too like we're kind of messed up yeah when did you first realize you were that fucked up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like when did you figure it uh, out i don't know probably when my dad dropped me or something i don't know um <laughs> yeah no i don't know i just from a young age like you know when you're young you don't care like you just want to ride like you were mm. saying with your dad like we would go to trials events and the trial would be over and i just keep riding mm. like it was just what i did and then uh just rode trials forever and started riding dirt bikes and you know enduro cross was a thing and hard enduro really wasn't a thing here in the states but I started kind of just doing those types of rides just because I thought it was fun and exploring. And obviously I had success at Enduro Cross with a couple of championships and a lot of hard enduro stuff. But I feel like I was like one of the forefront guys in America mm. with yeah, hard enduro. You def- you definitely and were. like back in the day, like now it's different. Like everyone's gotten way better, you know, but back in the day I would literally just ride through the hard parts and not like, and just like put around yeah. to the next thing. And now I'm like, it's like a sprint yeah. for three hours and it's fucked up. It was way more fun when it was like, <laughs> no one knew what they were doing. It was way more fun when I was so much better yeah. than these kooks. Yeah. But like no one had gummy tires. Like now we got special tires, all the brands make, but yeah, I don't know. There was no setting set moment where I realized I was fucked up. I just, <laughs> I just like I'm like, I know gravity always works, right? Like you're always going to get down. So yeah, like yeah. we'll be riding some of these spots back in NorCal where I was originally from. And like, let's just drop in here and like just barreling through bushes. I'm like, we're going down. That's my favorite line, famous line to go ride with people. Like it's downhill, dude. Anyone goes downhill. Like gravity always works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. Going uphill is the hard part. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I like uh, just exploring, I guess. Yeah. yeah that's kind of where I don't know. I moved to Colorado and like first day I go ride with these guys they're like this is Webb's Ravine you got to go up here so I'm like oh I'm going up there of course it took me (laughs) took me like 35 minutes to go up like the dumbest thing ever but it was like so I'm just off my bike half the time pushing 
So then they started calling me Goat Boy, which <laughs> I thought was funny. And then like it morphed since I'm Cody, it morphed into Goaty. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna run with this. Like <laughs> Goaty it is. Dude, so, that's so good. Yeah. I mean like and then people are getting mad. They're like, You're not the goat of heart. I'm like, I'm not claiming I'm the goat. Graham Jarvis is a freak, dude. He's yeah. like he does does not look well like (laughs) he sold his soul to the devil (laughs) to have the career he does but he's insane you know what i mean like so people call him the goat and i'm not denying that at all i'm just i'm out here having a good time playing and suffering in the rock so i'm just gonna run with goatee dude i love it that's so funny well i think that trials has such a unique it's such a unique background to come from and it's like if you could paint the perfect picture or like build the perfect rider you just almost have to start yeah, pick on trials, with trials and then you know yeah. go to moto at yeah like tr- trials and moto you know like start trials only go to moto and then do a mixture yeah of the both you know what i mean yeah there's so many guys like uh, i rem- dude i remember just being fully mind blown by you when we went to donna you're <laughs> like i've never seen this before never. Like, what is i had never, what is this idiot doing i had rocks? never seen it like i'd seen dudes ride Erzberg and I'd seen hard enduro but I'd never seen somebody ride trials on a KTM 300 yeah. that, and do the things that you were doing you know and it's like and uh Billy same thing like he has a trials background like he was yeah. trying to be a pro trials bike rider which fucking thank god that didn't work out yeah. <laughs> but that's a crazy crazy background it's almost like uh dirt track in moto gp yeah you know you'll hear like casey stoner jack miller like these hayden Mick, brothers mick doing yeah the hayden brother like they do the flat track thing such such a high level and it's like some there's some boxes that it just ticks that we see like rossi ranch like he's still doing flat track and like that's the that's the base that's the key you learn what the bike's capable of you do trials you learn clutch control you know where your rear tire is at at all times like we go testing suspension or tires i literally I'll admit I don't know fuck all about my front end. Like, I don't care about the front end. <laughs> it's dude. never on the ground. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm super in tune with the rear end of the bike and like the clutch. And like, I've gotten better about the front end, but like, I didn't care about that normally in the beginning, and I still don't care about it as much about what the, as what the rear end's doing. You know, because the rear end's planted in the rocks. Yeah. You're driving forward. You got momentum. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did you do a lot of competitive trial stuff as a kid? And what what got your dad into it? Like, I don't even know what got my dad into it. He, I think his neighbors or something like that back in the day. And you know, like the Yamaha TYs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had like a. But I think his first bike ever was like some Kawasaki trail 10 110 or trail 100 or something um so they went to trials events and he lives south of san francisco a little bit and like there was just like some hill they used to ride at on open land which is probably all you know three million dollar homes now yeah, for like yeah, a yeah. cracker box yeah yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, he had one story where like a cop was trying to chase him and got stuck and he like rode the cop's bike out for him and the cop let him off no way yeah. that's sick so yeah my dad competed trials and then he got fourth in the nation a couple times. He rode for the trials. Even with those big ass hands. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't wear gloves either. <laughs> I bet he didn't. <laughs> no gloves fit him back then. <laughs> I guess I know him made gloves. Fit and his nickname was the animal because like he didn't really, he just like was so strong. He's like a Billy Bolt kind of, but less yeah, skill. Yeah. 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 He just, no offense to my dad. He just had less skill than Billy Bolt. And he I, would just I feel like through most shit. people have less skill yeah, than Billy Bolt. So true. it's like not really a diss. <laughs> yeah. But, um, 
So you wrote trials, fourth in the nation. He did the trials of nations team, which is like MX and nations, but for trials, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So he did that four times Sick. for the U S and then I just grew up going to these events as a kid. And I think my dad didn't ride till he was 12. So he's like, Oh, we'll wait. I guess he wanted to wait till I was 12 years old too, to start riding. And then obviously I was like riding a motorcycle when I was three or four years old naturally. Yeah. So, um, I was riding trials on a, PW50 and then an XR50 and then I had like a Mecha Techno Amigo 80 which is like an 82 stroke trials bike like Mega semi Techno big wheel 80 it sounds like a fucking ecstasy tablet from like this <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like some it kind of looked like well, it, 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 was, it was the Amigo 80 <laughs> um so yeah I rode trials and I remember like 1997 like some dude came over I think it might have been like Adam Raga who's still riding trials now yeah. no he think he came in 2000 but like they used to have this big trials event in SoCal and like Jeff Aaron was there, but like people would be like, Oh, who's your idol? And like, I didn't even know who Jeff Aaron was and he was national champ like 10 times. You know, I was growing up watching the same two VHS tapes yeah. from 1990 world trials. Well, when was that like the indoor shit? It was, it was, they had indoor, indoor stuff. Yeah. Outdoor. So they had indoor, but it was outdoor and it was. Uh, like Vancouver, Washington, it was Ioko, this place in Vancouver. And then yeah. it was like some place in Arizona, but I watched the same two VHS tapes. So I looked up to like all these old school trials guys, uh, yeah, like Jordy yeah. Torres and like these people, people don't even know anymore. Like I'm sure you've seen Paul Torres doing yeah, like gnarly yeah. shit on the Teneri. Yeah. Like his uncle huh. was like the people I grew up watching. Yeah. Right. And then like Graham Jarvis, he came a little bit later on, but like it was Graham Jarvis, Doogie Lampkin, like. Took you to do a little bit of hard enduro stuff and was good at it, but like never really went anywhere and stopped with it. So I grew up watching like the old school trials where it was like keep your momentum, like huge floater turns. And then now you got like Tony Bow, who's like the rear tire hopping generation who just does everything like unreal. You know what I mean? Like I watch him. I was a decent trials rider. And I just shake my head like this guy's really? ridiculous. Yeah. So the level was just keep like, yeah, it just because it changed the riding style changed. Like, I was a more old school because that's how I grew up as my dad riding. Yeah. So we started doing nationals when I was 10 and I rode the high school class and they're like, oh, you can't ride this class. You're too young. So there's no class for me to ride. And my dad's like, okay, well, I'll sign him up sportsman. There's no age limit. They're like, okay, fine. You can ride um, high school class. So I was 10 years old riding against like high school age kids. Yeah. And then um, I won that in 2002. Yeah. And then at that time I started riding for Jeff Aaron's Jeff Aaron had team ERE, like extreme riding entertainment. And Jeff Aaron was like one of the first Red Bull athletes, I think in America, like 2000 or something like that. So I rode for Jeff Aaron's trials team and 2002 won the high school championship, 2003 won the expert national championship. And then I went pro at the end of that year and I couldn't even like hop. I was really just being efficient. And like, um, I think 2006, I won my first ever national um, overall event. Yeah. And then that was Jeff Aaron's last year. And I'm like, all right, I'm all good to go. And then this freaking guy, Pat Smodgy came in Yeah, right. and he beat me. Like I got second, like no multiple way. years in a row. And then finally in 2010, he's I, such a cool guy. He's, he's gnarly. Nice. Yeah. But then in 2010, I won the trials national championship finally. And then I went to beta that next year. And that's kind of when I started riding enduro bikes a little bit more like 2000 so you just didn't really do i never had a dirt bike till i was 19 because my Damn. mom said they were dangerous <laughs> no so way. 
I think I rode 2007 was the first enduro cross I ever did because I had them in Vegas. It was like a one-off event. Yeah, and no yeah, one yeah, knew, yeah, yeah. No one knew what they were doing back then. I like remember that. John Dowd, I think, won the yes, first one. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I rode that bike, his 2006 RM250. It was a pretty sick bike. No, I do. Yeah. I fully remember yeah. that event. So then... I did it, I think, one in 2007 on my trials bike, and I was like the first guy to not qualify for the main event that night. So then in 2008, at the end of the year, they had it again. I think they had three rounds in 2008, and I showed up at the, I bought like a KTM from our local dealer like two weeks before, and I like almost made the main event for the first, like on a big bike. And then in 2009, I went to the last two events of the year with like a buddy of mine that like kind of did like a vet guy and he just kind of like sponsored me and paid for me to go with him. I think it was just like a fun trip for him. And then I yeah. made both those main events and then I kind of just started doing enduro cross just for fun more and like practicing it a little bit, but like I still was doing trials and then 2010 won the trials national championship. So obviously I was, that was like my main focus still. Yeah. And then were you getting paid to ride trials? Yeah, but not much. I mean, I was 15 years old and had a salary. Like that's better than most people, but what like would it have been back then? my salary, I think in 2015 was like, no, not 2015. It was like 2005 on a Sherco. And I think I was doing really good. Yeah. Right. I think I made 15 grand. Fine, not bad. That was pretty good, right? For a 15 But, year. like, they're like, there was no, like, then it never really went anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think the year I won the trials championship, I think I was like made 20 grand. Like, <laughs> in five years, I made five grand. <laughs> like, so, like Billy Bull, like, I'm glad I got yeah, out of that. Yeah. Unfortunately. That's so wild that you didn't ride a proper dirt bike till you were 19. Did yeah. you just. Did you look up to like I rode like a Supercross and any yeah I watched Supercross a little bit I remember going you know like like San Francisco and like Carmichael on the two fifty two stroke RM like I remember going to that and stuff and watching it and like I thought it was cool I just never I never even went to a motor like I just never rode a motocross bike or dirt bike that's wild dude so I I rode trials and then. Yeah, trials only. I rode like a Yamaha. I remember like a buddy of mine had a Yamaha 426, and I thought that was the fast. I rode it, and I was like, oh, yeah. it's the fastest bike I've ever ridden. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've actually been thinking about getting, like you can still find those old pieces of shit on Marketplace. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder in my head. As a if it's U- as good as you remember. Well, I never got to ride them. Oh, I yeah. bought it. I think my first 250F was an 04 CRF 250, which actually was a really good bike back yeah. then. But those old, yeah, you know, like... I want to want to get like an O2 YZF250 because I fucking just lauded those bikes so <laughs> heavy back in the day and like the kid that won all the races won bikes of one on that bike and I wonder how good you can make one today. I have no idea. Like they fucking sucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought it was sick when I rode it back but then. But back back then, yeah. you know, like but if you would compare it now, oh, like, that bike's terrible. Like they don't even start when you yeah. fucking stop the things. Yeah, I mean, so then I started doing both trials and enduro cross, and there really wasn't. I think there was like maybe King of Motos that Jimmy Lewis started or something like that with the hammer in 2011. Maybe like Jarvis came out for it, but I was riding a Beta 350. They just came out with a 350, and the thing was stock was so heavy. It was like 270 pounds or something. It had all like the you know dual sport stuff. On yeah, it, right? yeah. So yeah. they built me like honestly, it was a ridiculously pretty good bike it just didn't have e-start oh, <laughs> it, they, they made it lighter so it was a two-speed for enduro cross wow that's sick. yeah so i had that from 2011 and 2012 and then they came out beta came out with the 2013 was the 
two stroke 300 and that literally was like game changer yeah it brought me it was just you know the the four stroke was when it came out it was already outdated you know what i mean yeah so um yeah i won three of the last four enduro crosses that year on that bike like beat taddy but i missed a round because i broke my foot mm. after the first round um so yeah, I came back from a broken foot and like, I think I missed the championship by 11 points. So all I would have had to do in that broken round was like get seventh and I could have been yeah the champion that year, you know? So I guess I helped because then the next year I came out swinging and I, I won the 2014 Enduro Cross Championship. And then I went to like a satellite, um, KTM team, yep. RPM KTM team, 2015, and I was pissed so they wouldn't put on the factory one because Taylor Robert got put on the factory one. That dog, <laughs> and, like, hey? and then he got the Red Bull sponsors. I'm like, you got everything, bro. <laughs> You're taking everything yeah. I work for. You're like the night DS. Yeah, but I was like, I was the like still like the Gooner Trials kid that kind of just came out of nowhere and wrote yeah. hard stuff. Good, yeah. you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I won the 2014 championship. Went to the KTM, and then I still was riding trials a little bit. And I rode like a Montessa four stroke that year, which is the same bike that Tony Bow runs. Yeah, and like right. stock, it's kind of a tour, but they had built me like a custom bike from Spain. Oh, really? And with trials bikes, dude, people just get the bike and they just ride it. Like, yeah, yeah. There's no suspension like, yeah. tuning, never heard of her. Like, <laughs> but they asked me my weight, and like, I think it's Showa on that bike. And like, it was a four stroke, so I, I struggled with it some with like big ups. Yeah. But the suspension on that bike was the best suspension I've ever had on a trial. Like factory for my weight. Like normally you ride a trials bike and after like two months, it just feels like dog shit. Yeah, it's just so clapped clapped out. Out. Yeah. yeah, the oil's But like, so I don't know, that bike was awesome. I don't think I, I didn't win one that year, but I, also through that time, I at least won at least one or two trials nationals every year. Yeah. But never the championship because it wasn't really my main goal anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. So then once... I went to factory KTM in 2016, which later in that year is when we shot Donner partying. Yeah. Um, I never, I've never competed in a trials event since then. Yeah. You were like, fuck those guys. Well, it was a no go. Like KTM was like, oh, this is a, you know, a competitor. So then we don't make those. So then they just go and buy gas gas and that solves that problem for them. Yeah. True way. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So then I got, I won the drill cross on like the satellite team that year. And then got signed. I think it was pretty much set in stone. Like I met with Hammer. Yeah. I think like June in 2015. Like it was already pretty much a done deal and did like the amateur um, MX training camp. Yeah. With like Pear, like the gnarly dude at Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. And their training facility. And I was like a 25 or 26 year old dude. And like it was like with <laughs> all the kids. With the kids. Jesse Nelson. Like Pierce Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cantrell, uh, Falk. Yeah. All of those kids. And like, we're like You're doing stuff on engineer. the yeah. <laughs> I think I had just almost graduated. I was about to graduate. Yeah, uh, I hadn't graduated yet, so I'm still in school. They are too, you know. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but just a different. We're time. doing like heart rate stuff, and like Falk's heart rate's like he's a little kid, right? His thing's like two thirteen on the bicycle. I'm like, dude, you should be dying right now. <laughs> yeah, you. Someone get, <laughs> yeah. Someone call the yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was just a really cool. Exp- I've never had anything like that. Yeah, you know? dude. Yeah, you're so, so like it was, Yeah, it was. It was just really cool. So I was kind of late to the game, I guess, on getting a quote unquote factory ride and riding for a brand like a big brand like that and getting Red Bull and probably why I'm still here at 35. Um, 
Yeah, but I think enduro and like in your world, it's just kind of you more, can the longevity goes a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, it's just more common to. And see then you know we're guys. not we're not making a uh, million dollars. Yeah, at this race and buying a a Rolls Royce and <laughs> pimping out like I that. You know what I mean? He did though. Like I guess he did. I, I mean, good for him, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just... Man, I, I like, don't have the excess to deal do that, you know? <laughs> no, no. But, I mean, just... I got to pay for my kid's Montessori school until he's old enough for public school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, I mean, Jet should do that. I feel like we kind of need a guy to do that again. Yeah. I mean, like, Kenny showed up with, like, his, like, suit and yeah. his watch and... I don't forget the brand. I'm not going to say it because I don't know it. Brightling. Brightling, yeah. yeah. I think he's still sponsored. I think those are expensive. They are expensive. Yeah. yeah I'm, um, not a, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Nah. But, yeah, he, he like, showed up to the press conference, like, the first professional guy to do it versus with just, a, like... With a suit yeah. and the whole... But the crazy thing is and the sport always kind of does this is just everyone talks shit oh yeah and it's just like fucking shut up like finally someone did something different the guy he did something professional yeah something different something cool and now everyone's like well he's gonna fucking lose the race and it's just like oh my god you motherfucker it's it's either they love or hate you like it's not really anything in the middle yeah I don't know yeah, but I'm glad Jet's kind of just seems like he's the first dude that's like, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. He seems like he's just a kid that wants to have fun. Yeah. And he's obviously good. When he made a lot of money. Yeah. And 400 grand for a Rolls Royce. In the you grand can buy that cash. Things, just isn't really that big a deal. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, dude, he would have made millions this year. Like, millions and millions. Think about, let's just say, a 100 grand win bonus for a 450 race. Well, he won. <laughs> a lot of them all of them <laughs> uh six or five six eleven rounds well yeah and i think it was oh, yeah, all, 11 i think it was 11 rounds 22 motos yeah. and he won all of those so that's what 1.1 mil just from honda <laughs> like if we're going off the hundred thousand dollars might be less for super crop or for outdoors but we'll we can we can round I mean, it, work. Yeah. it probably is uh, I, I don't know i actually don't know if it is but and then like i'm pretty sure he had like that style of bonus for the supercrosses. Oh yeah. So then he won, and then it's a million dollar championship bonus. So then he got two of those, plus he won a million dollars at SMX. So that's three, and plus every single personal sponsor, every single person, every sponsor. single donut sold at Supercross. That's what about. I went to Denver Supercross this year. And I'm walking around. I'm like, there is some poor soul selling goddamn donuts on the side of the Honda rig. What the hell, dude? Yeah, it's like merchandise donuts. Yeah, I bought some at LA. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? that's when you know you made it in life dude you you're just a a kid and someone selling your donuts man honestly on the side of a factory rig that shit is gonna make so much money it's crazy like you think about the the marketing potential that he has for the next 10 years and then he's just created like a franchisable business and at the end of the day too i mean when it comes to like the world we live in is kind of like weird as it is it's like marketing marketing has definitely changed like the way advertisements done by these sure, companies for sure and like buying a, a, a Rolls Royce is kind of good for business <laughs> you know like I got I got friends in Dubai that like they they do all online you know they're kind of like online guys everyone there they call it Wi-Fi money but they're all Wi-Fi money guys and it's like they just rent a Lambo for a few days because it's just good for engagement yeah because people talking yeah literally it's like three it's like they like ah what do you want to what are you up to today I'm gonna go rent a Lambo and just drive around and do some fucking videos I think I, I think my wife and I looked it up we were trying to like figure out like 
just more information about Jet and obviously like his manager markets him very well. Yeah. But we were looking to see like what he would charge for like an Instagram post. Yeah. And it was like a quarter mil. Really? I don't know. That's what my wife told me or something. It seems high, but I maybe mean, depending on the brand or something say, like, like that. I guess it would just depend yeah. on because obviously he's got a good like Alpine stars, but like. They're getting free, uh, not free, but like yeah, yeah. Every yeah. time he wears the gear, it's well, like Formula One drivers, so they do like a day rate appearance fee, and it's like kind of around that. <laughs> Fuck, hectic, dude. Like, but yeah, that's just the brands like that's valuable to have that kind of shit. But I think that the real, I mean, obviously, well, you'd think the way that Jet's going, like he's gonna kind of win a lot over these next 10 years or whatever that he's that he's got seems, doing it seems like it well if you're just going off <laughs> yeah going off events. statistics here <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but it's like the smartest thing you can do as an athlete is to leverage your the platform that you've got and create your own thing yeah you know and it's like there's money out there there's it's it's actually when you get out into the world of people that are doing that kind of stuff it's like kind of retarded how easy it is for some people to make money yeah i there's this one influencer guy i met and i follow and i don't even know what he does and like he's just pushing out brand like content for like nike and his wife is like an influencer too and i'm like how where and how did you get this started and like it doesn't even seem like you're doing much but like obviously you're getting paid like samsung yeah. amazon nike like huge brands i was like where did you get started in this how did you mm. how'd you even do that and i'm over here like you know like people are giving me stupid emails like oh we, we advertise with nestle like we'll pay you up to 700 dollars <laughs> for a post on you i'm like i don't want this this is scam get this out of here like <laughs> yeah, give yeah. me the nikes bro <laughs> yeah 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 this this is not worth my time bro. yeah I know a guy in Dubai, he's, well, I mean, there's a bunch of dudes that are fucking killing it, but a friend of mine over there, James, fucking legend, dude from the UK, just grew up like single mom, family, just come from nothing, but he was just like, I just knew I could get rich off the internet. He makes 400,000 pounds a month. Just doing Wi-Fi money. Yeah. And he's like... No, no secrets to it? Just nah. Well, he built... He's just online courses. Yeah. Like, he's just built this platform. So, like, if I wanted to create, like, a podcasting online course, like, I just go to him and he has this platform because everyone's doing the online course thing these days. Yeah. And it's like, he has the platform you buy the software or it's like a subscription or whatever it is yep. and he just has like thousands and Loads thousands of, of tutorials and pages yeah, yeah, and yeah. like he's got good info but I'm he sure. doesn't he doesn't no he doesn't do the courses he just does the hosting he for just it? gives the people the platform that to do their own courses ah. so like that it's there's so many like kind of weird ways that that people can do that shit if you know you kind of if that's your goal in a sense, you know what I mean? But it's like, I guess what you have is like legitimate satisfaction of like your days and your life. And it's like, I don't know whether that would be the thing where it's like you work to live or live to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you kind of get into, into that territory and it's like the same thing for me. Like I'm, I'm not fully in this for the money, you know, like there's, I'd you, say you, with my knowledge, I mean, and it's things, obviously helping 
it's it's giving you your life and enjoying yourself. Oh, but like, yeah, yeah. I saw the van you're driving, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Wi-Fi. Man. That's not my van. I'm sure <laughs> it's not my van. No, that's not a Wi-Fi money van. <laughs> it's not Wi-Fi money. He couldn't even unlock the door for me. We had to like open the <laughs> side the, door and walk around. <laughs> but let's like the the point is like if if money is fully your focus, like it's out there. Yeah. And you can get it, but it's just like you've kind of, like you said, you fucking sell your soul to to get that shit sometimes. But then there's the people like Jet that get to do both, where it's like you just make uber insane money from just doing something you love and just being like a real badass at it. Yeah, I mean he he did something right. He, he's also got crazy skills on a bike, and he's got uh he's got the looks. People like him, and he wins. <laughs> Pretty good recipe. <laughs> yeah, I mean I guess on that content thing i can talk about what i've been working on i'm not trying yeah. to become a no, yeah. a wi-fi millionaire but i feel like it's something i can help people with but i'm working on like an online training course like the last four months yeah and like it's quite different than like the moto side of things where i feel like a lot of people like are every day making like weekly programs yeah what to train like what to do in the gym this week, you know, do yeah, legs yeah. today. What kind of micro do cardio? Yeah. So like, you know, people are paying for like a monthly deal for training. And I've done that before too. When I was at KTM, we had to pay with like, it was underneath the Alden Baker program. Cause they got like the uh, KTM thing. Yeah, so it wasn't yeah, with yeah. Alden, but it was Charlie Mullins. He used to race GNCC. Mm-hmm. So he would make a, a kind of a schedule for me, but like, this isn't like that at all. It's just, I feel like, I have people all the time reaching out to me <clears throat> to do trainings yeah. and like, dude, I have a family. I'm still trying to be a pro racer with yeah, a family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I don't have the time. I wish I did like, cause I know plenty of people that make a ton of money doing training, but this I go, I, yeah, schedule right yeah I can't afford that time. It takes, even if it pays that well, like I'm, I have a couple more goals I'm still trying to achieve in racing, right? Yeah. So I'll definitely do stuff if it makes sense. Like after a race this year, our first Endurocross round, I did a, a training all day. Yeah. And it's, you know, off-road based, right? So um, I've basically been writing content for like four months now, and it's all just primarily hard enduro based it's just more technical riding side of things but it's all off-road like i'm not trying yeah. to teach someone how to ride in moto yeah because i need help on that myself <laughs> clearly when ben lemay kicked my ass <laughs> um so yeah it's just an online subscription platform and you know i i talked about it i didn't launch it yet but like i kind of just brought it out just people start talking about it yeah so it's written content with just a ton of hard enduro skills yeah and I'm going to add in more as time goes on, obviously. Like, I want to include Enduro Cross because that's... That's your bread and butter. Kind, kind of, of yeah. yeah. I mean, hard Enduro is what I enjoy the most, but yeah. people like the kind of pizzazz of Enduro Cross. So, yeah. I have Enduro Cross. So I'll have a little bit of trials. It's not really my thing anymore, but I obviously know enough. Yeah, you have the foundation. Yeah, so I have the foundation side of things. So, it's written content matched with videos, so it turns into more of like a skills and drills yeah. type course. Yeah. So it'll just everything will be available on a platform and then you can upload videos to it so it's kind of it's kind of like a content creator platform but like myspace-ish but obviously it's not myspace but like people can upload their own videos yeah and i'm just trying to connect more people that are into this type sort of technical riding so i'm trying to like organize like a track walk with cody like so for subscribers they can Yeah, yeah walk the track with me and get my point of view on stuff and i'm just I want to help 
the community because there's really it's so new still that there's not really anything out there to help these people and i go and i'm watching the amateurs do the race and i'm just like oh my gosh like, yeah, yeah you you're just destroying yourself so my whole game plan is just to help people gain more confidence with their skills yeah. on the bike and conserve more energy because i feel like that's where i'm that's been my strong point throughout my career is just yeah. maybe some other guys will be faster than me but like they're just blowing their wad and I still have gas left in the tank at the end of the race, right? So I'm doing this whole online thing just to spread more awareness for hard enduro, yeah. get more people interested. And I feel like it's such kind of like on a growing slope right now. Oh, definitely. That dude. I I just really want this to be beneficial to people and get something out of it. So I'm trying to, I want to have it pretty affordable too. So it's not like hurting people's wallet. Like you see some of the stuff people put out there and you're like, Oh geez. Yeah. 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 So what's the, how do people find it? Like can people find it right now? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not out yet, but, um, if you go to CW2training.com, um, there's just, you can put your email information in there and then oh, I have sick. everything. Yeah. So I'm, once I launch it, I think anyone who's reached out and emailed to me on there i'm going to do like an early bird oh, special sick. where you can get locked in at a, a better rate just for kind of being one of the early adopters early adopters so like you know you put your email you're not you're not going to get it but like once it's yeah launched you'll have that opportunity to be one of the early bird subscribers you know that's sick and what's the price point you're thinking um i think it for early bird probably like 14.99 a month yes yeah, and then 19.99 a month for yeah full-time people so and then uh, not only is it just like obviously people want to know nutrition side and training side and like i'm not a, a personal trainer bro like <laughs> yeah, yeah i can tell you what i do but that i'm not an expert right yeah so i've already talked to a guy that um he's a he's been doing like enduro training type stuff but he came from the fitness side of world yeah so i've talked to him about partnering up and collabing so like we have that in order so it'll kind of just be like two different generic plans you can follow so that'll be included and then a nutrition oh, that's really yeah good. and then a nutrition based thing so like i don't know how i'm going to compensate those guys yet for helping me but um, yeah. um you know i'll have nutrition info as well basically and it'll just be like how to fuel yourself yeah race day and it's not from me it's from like an actual yeah nutritionist nutritionist knows what the hell they're doing and like that's who I mean, I could copy and paste what they wrote me to do, but yeah. like, I'm gonna have him write it for the masses. So yeah, um, that way, some of that information's out there, and it's not from me, but it's from someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah, no, it's cool, man. I think even if you're into moto, like the skills that you like, we do the this Cape York ride. I don't know if you would have seen the photos or whatever, but we start in Cairns, which is it, my hometown. We go all the way to the tip of Australia and back, and it's like a three thousand k round trip deal, and takes us two weeks. And you just—that's massive. Fuck, it's fun, bro. <laughs> it's so sick. Like I almost killed myself on this last time that we did it, though. But um, yeah, it's just like the skill level. Like you're on a bike so much, and you're doing so much weird shit that by that end of that two weeks, I am just such a better rider. Yeah, you know, like I'm so much like from the beginning to the end, you're like yeah. you're just way more efficient on the bike. Yeah, and it's like it just feels as cliche. It's like it just feels like more of an extension of yourself, you know, and like 
you get caught they're like oh I can't go here and you're just like right and it's like kind of stuff that's that's like fundamentals of hard enduro or enduro and like if I grew up riding that shit then it would just be that's no big deal second nature but when you're a motocross guy like you lift your bike off the stand you ride onto the track and then you do your laps and then you go back and you put your bike on the stand like it's it's just not the same thing but you know I go back to the first time I saw you ride I was just like holy fuck like there is just so much more that's possible on a dirt bike that I actually thought there was, you yeah. know? And I thought, cause I remember growing up and we would watch, we used to, there was like a free channel in Australia called SBS and it was like the, just the government channel basically. Just ton of content. Just a ton of random of shit. Is, yeah. yeah. And the trials, they'd have like trials and they'd have Dakar and they'd have world motocross. So I used to like Stefan Everts and fucking yeah. Joel Smets and all those guys. Like, so I'd be glued to SBS all the time so I could watch anything two wheels, you know? But yeah, you look at the, like I would watch the trial stuff a lot. But I never in my life thought that that was something that you could just then apply to a real dirt bike until I saw you. And I was like, Jesus (laughs) Christ, dude. Yeah, it's... So everyone should basically... My point is like, if you just... Even you ride dirt bikes, whatever, like that's a their skills that would really benefit. Crossover, yeah. Yeah, Like I would like like to take these courses. I go to the moto track at Thunder and like... I'm not the fastest guy out there. Like I can hold my own. Right. But I'll ride with like a guy who's like an ex local pro and he'll be like, Oh, I loved like watching your lines, like the way you see things out there. So you just see stuff differently sometimes as well. Right. So especially when I get to the Hardinger events, <clears throat> just, I go around, I go where people aren't at. Cause I yeah. hear that's a better line instead yeah. of waiting in line. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But you know, I talked to AJ Kenzara a little bit. I reached out to him yeah. to try and do like, a collab thing because he just did a off-road crash that. course type thing with yeah. one of the guys that races enduro cross and some yeah. hardened rest over the spencer yeah wilton um yeah so i'm i seem like that was a success for those guys because you know you have a lot of dudes on the east coast doing like j days and yeah other stuff which is off-road more or less right like a glorified yeah. off-road motocross race so yeah I reached out to him because I thought, you know, it'd be cool just to get more stuff on his page for off-road and then help pump my thing up a little bit. But, like, I I feel like it's skills all around that can, oh, dude, can help you. Oh, for sure. 100%. And, yeah, I'll definitely. And when you watch some, you know, pro supercross motocross guys, like, you see some of the guys that have true bike skill. Mm-hmm. Like a Roxon when he's jibbing around, like, doing crazy nose wheelies. Like, you know he has bike skill but then there's other guys who like they get in first gear and it's like they have no balance it's crazy to see it like drop off like that yeah and i've ridden with moto guys off road and and like dudes that i'm like literally barely hanging with or like they're they're yeah yeah. or faster than me on a moto track like just local kids like i used to have one of them come and ride at my parents house in the back we had like this mean sand track um off camber everything was off camber ruts like never hardly ever prepped it like you just yeah, rode it you yeah. rode the lines in right yeah he would like pretty much almost mop up on me on like a motocross track and we'd go out there and i'd be like eight seconds a lap faster oh yeah and i'm like dude you what, need skills what's bro. going on yeah. here like so i think there's obviously a benefit for everyone but um you know i think that's where if a moto guy they want to do that like crash course quick overhaul with like 
a guy like Catanzaro, and it seems like he's doing really good with the Moto Academy, right? Yeah. So, and he looks like he's driving around and doing in-person stuff now as well. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of where he started. Yeah, that's where he started and then yeah, got in the online then, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a good way to meet the, the masses, but like, and a Moto guy just doing like the Jaren Eric off-road thing with him, like it could, I could find that being very beneficial for just oh, man, the, like, add a little extra right like sharpen yeah. the knife blade sharpen the knife blade yeah no 100 percent. so yeah, it's definitely something i'll be looking into as well and then like i hope if you're like because obviously it's mostly moto and supercross dudes like the, i guess for the podcast audience you did but, say you had people looking into some hard neuro oh dude i get it i get it all the time but <laughs> yeah. i'd say but like, the problem is there's no outlet for no. us yeah so like here we are listening to you and pulp you know yeah yeah but there's like a crazy market for it and it's so much fun and that's like one of the things i really hope you can come do the race the gypsy tales 500 like i I hope it lines up with your schedule because that those events man like it straight up got me into riding again like the whole time i lived in america from 2010 to 18 like i didn't ride i rode (laughs) Star Wars. You're too too busy filming and doing other trying to do other things, I, I guess. I just like I don't know, like I kinda Andrew McFarlane died. Oh and, yeah. And I like was there and I saw it and it was like it was fucking traumatic and I don't know, like I just I wasn't very good. I just sucked at it and I was sick of sucking and I just you know, I just didn't I really lost my love for like the actual riding part of of the sport, but was just like the only thing i'd ever kind of done or wanted to do or it's just i loved it so i just didn't ride i filmed and then those races got me back into it It was like enduro riding is what got me back into racing motocross you know it's like and it was those kind of like fun events where it's like it's a team and you're with your boys and it kind of doesn't matter if you win like some of the funnest races i've done are like the stupid like swap your boxers relay race you know what i mean like yeah yeah yeah. so like i think that's really cool with what you're doing with the gypsy tail 500 is like anyone's welcome essentially right like well and you can have a motocross bike you can have an enduro bike like it doesn't just come out and ride yeah it doesn't matter what you got and you can be a psycho like you that's gonna iron man the thing or you can have four (laughs) of your buddies and you ride once an hour so you're on the track you do eight you know eight 20 minute rides and it's like you can like, i actually wrote a column for trans so transmoto they're the ones that we i basically copied the idea off but they were like a magazine kind of back in the day they're all digital now but i wrote an article for them after i'd done it two years in a row i did the six hour and the article was called six hours a year because it's all literally yeah, how it's, was. it's all i wrote you know <laughs> just that one event yeah 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 so i was like i put six hours Hand on a bike. smoke monkey butt yeah ridiculous yeah but you know the fun level and the and you know there's an element in being a motocross racer or like going to a motocross track like even on a practice day you know like some motherfuckers are just taking shit so serious and it's like they're trying to take you out they're trying to like it's life or death that this dude wins this fucking b-class moto and it's like the off-road world just doesn't have that (laughs) yeah nobody cares no like i look back like even myself like the grand scheme of things nobody cares about me (laughs) at all (laughs) Like I'm not that big of a deal. It ain't. So, it ain't that deep. Yeah, I'm not uh, Travis Kelsey, dude. No one gives a shit about me right now. Don't even know who Travis Kelsey is. So. It's the Taylor Swift 
oh, thing. Yeah. That, that guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, uh, now he's all famous, you know? Man, he's in like every ad for every. I like couldn't a, believe that goddamn Pfizer ad he was in. It was like a ridiculous amount of money. And I was like, you mm. sold yourself out, dude. How much money did he make? I don't I don't know for sure. I, I would I, do a I, Pfizer ad. For, I was I was guessing two million. That was my guess. I'd do it for two hundred K I'd do it for twenty K, bro. I just I was guessing I just two million, it, but like, I read it was more. Really? But I don't I who knows? There's no reliable news sources anymore. That's but my true. guess was like Apart from Gypsy Tales. Yeah, apart from Gypsy Tales. And pulp. Yeah. I mean you were shouting out SKF and you don't even you don't even run them. Yeah, so. that's, that's how core I am. Yeah. Bro. I just want you to win. So raw. I want you all to win. You know? <laughs> I want to share the good shit. Uh, also never been paid a dollar by Stark too. Just FYI. I think there's a bit of a thing that mm. people think that I get paid by those Yeah, guys. they haven't paid me too, obviously, because I made fun of their tablet on front of the bike. <laughs> <laughs> You're on a blacklist. Yeah. There's like a fucking whiteboard in Stark where it's like, okay. when we're the what biggest the- company in the world. Uh, Billy Madison or something when he yeah. apologizes to the guy <laughs> and like, crosses the name. People I'm going to yeah. kill. <laughs> Man, I'm glad I called that guy. I'm probably on Stark's list right now. Uh, that's fucking so funny. I said the motors are sick. Electric motors are good. They are good. He made one. He made one before the Stark. He was the first dude. Yeah, first one. Originator. But no, the whole that whole enduro vibe, like, I just, people should definitely, like. Yeah, like, the, we're walking, like, most, everyone's, like, walking the track together, like, everyone's BSing like after the race uh, there was a lot of beef between Haker and I for a while Colton Haker and I and like they like brought us on like each had our talk about the pulp show and I really don't know what happened we just didn't like each other I guess <laughs> I felt like he quit talking to me and then I was like what the hell did I do yeah because right. we were but we were buddies you know in road trials so then I was like I'm not gonna talk to you either <laughs> <laughs> and you're both just young and then I don't know then he had two kids and then I got kids and I was like, I guess, like I said, nobody really cares about us. Yeah. Yeah. So now at least we can, you know, be in the same room and, and look at each other and that's talk. So, <laughs> that's so funny. Enduro cross beef. Yeah. I love that. It, it wasn't fun at the time. Really? But I can look back at it. Was it that now. serious? To where I like- don't know. Yeah. It was like, I kept like, just like in like heat races, like third lap, just come in and clean me out. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> What are you like, uh, come on, Freezy, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then I'm just like the nice trial guy who just is like, doo, 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 like just riding around out there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It just got blown out. And then obviously like pulp, he's looking for anything and yeah, anything true. to like pump it. So I got pumped up and then there was like, it was probably good for the sport though. Yeah. Like, I think like that's like, Haker was trying to run with that. Like he was, it was yeah. like the Conor McGregor thing for a while. Yeah. yeah. So like he was trying to go for like, the Conor McGregor attitude, like the bad dude. And maybe I was the good guy. I don't know who the good guy was, but it luckily it ended. It wasn't very fun. Yeah. I you know, that's like the, I, I talk about it all the time. Like I, it's funny. I, uh, I spoke to freeze at, uh, at icon fitness. So with Charles, like he was training there and then yeah. me and my wife were training there and I had like this, I had this conversation where I'm like, I kind of get it with him. Like, I get where he's coming from. Like, you think about this for Vince Freeze. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna paint the picture. There's some fucked up shit that he does, and that I just fully don't agree with, just because of safety, you know. Yeah. But like, this is a half defense of his actions at times, or like, at I, least, I mean, I can easily find defense too. Like, like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself. Hear, in, I, mean, I want to see where we're going here. I want to hear your then. <laughs> I want to hear your defense, but. It's like, you've got this guy that sucked so bad. 
Like, he was so bad. You know what I mean? And it's like, the res- you have to respect right now. Like, he beat Ken Roxon in a race in the UK. I was there and I watched it. Like, Ken could not pass him on a Supercross track. Ken come from behind. He won the... He, he legitimately won the race. He sucked so bad in only... Like, only a few years previous to that, right? Think about how desperate you would have to be to go from being that shit to beating Ken Roxon. Like, think about the hunger and the determination and the work that he would have put in and just the... The like, he, and he rides desperate. Like I don't think he rides. I don't think he would. Like he's a very nice guy off the track, and like everyone oh, will say sure, that yeah. to you, you know. But it's like he what what he rides. It's not reckless. It's not stupid. It's not angry. It's not spiteful. It's not vengeful. It's desperate. Like he wants to win so so bad because he sucked really bad for a really long time, and it's like the grind that he went through to become the Vince Who doesn't want to let it up? No, but, and he's still in his mind, like, and this is, I said this to him in the gym. I literally said all this to his face. And I was just like, bro, you're here now. Like, you don't have to be this desperate. Like, you can, you belong. You get a good start. You're not as fast as those guys. But I'm like, you're riding with this desperation mindset when you should now be like, okay, I'm here. I'm a little bit slower than these dudes that are winning. But, I need to just like let them pass, follow some lines, and now I need to enter like a new phase of development. Like the first phase of development was just fucking desperation. Just be there. Yeah, just there. do everything that you can. And then this phase, it's not like you don't get better by keeping a fast person behind you. Like that's not the no. way that you get faster. You get faster by hanging with the faster guy longer and longer and longer. And it's fine. Like I had that thought in jiu-jitsu like you get to i can roll with a black belt and i'm if the round's five minutes i get five minutes where it's like it'd be like me riding with ricky carmichael and he was like forced to be just in front of me for five (laughs) minutes but in moto that doesn't happen because once they pass you they're They're gone gone, yeah so like that's freezy's kind of dilemma is it's like he's so desperate and he's so hungry to do what he thinks he can do and do what he wants to do that he ends up just riding like a fucking idiot out of that desperation you know it's like the desperation and the hunger and the want to be better just fully overrides like what he actually should be doing to go better you know i feel like he's just just so close to being there but not quite there right yeah so like you got roxon who's had crazy money deals throughout his career yeah and then you got freesy who's just been on pennies to the on pennies the whole time right so then you go to these international races especially where they pay good money or start money for these guys just to have the big names there you know what i mean so like he's been always been an amazing starter yeah so he gets a good fucking start he doesn't want to he's dude that's a huge payday for him yeah so he's gonna do everything he can to not lose that money out like that's that's huge for him he doesn't have the massive salary i'm sure no, no like definitely. a roxon no so like he's just clawing on and hanging on to everything he can to keep those guys behind him so like in my mind he's super aggressive right but like you never see him aggressive coming from the back of the pack he's just nah, doing, nah. He's doing weird shit in the front of the pack and going backwards trying to hold those guys off so yeah i feel like his biggest motivator is like he doesn't have that so this is this is paying for his life he knows he gets good starts he's gonna do whatever it takes 
to keep them behind him. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I agree with that as well, too. But, like, he definitely works crazy hard. Like, every time I'm in that gym, he's in that gym. Yeah. You so know, you know and he's like, doing it. I'm at Glen Helen. Well, I was training for World Vets, and he was at Glen Helen. You know, like, he, the dude puts in the work, and he wants to, I think, like, if you just look at where he came from in his career and how shit he was at the start, you know, it's just like he wasn't some phenom am kid. Like, he is the definition of just grinding from the bottom. And, and it's still like, yeah, there. And, you, and you don't see that. You really don't see no, many. Really. You don't see many guys that just ground it out from the bottom and got to, like, he's at the top of the sport in a sense. It's like, you know? uh, you're watch basketball much? Hang on, I'm just going to switch this thing. There you go. I'll let the. Do you need to get taller or anything? No, I'm okay. I'm going to drink some drink. Yeah, was there a lot of freezy drama? I mean, there was a ton of freezy drama going on, I feel like. Oh, yeah. I still feel like Dino left the door wide open. Yeah, well, you got to come Like, he just passed freezy, bro. You gotta kind of know that when uh, when when Freeze is there, you gotta fucking yeah. you gotta watch your six. Um, we ended with you saying, "Oh wait." Okay, we ended with you saying, "Do you watch basketball?" Yeah, you don't you don't much about basketball, or not really. Ah, uh, kind of. So you remember like the Birdman? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's to me. That's Freezy. Like the dude didn't really come from. I don't even know he played in college, but like he showed up to like open practice potential thing and like. He was their scrappy dude. Like they just put him in to just razzle people. Yeah, just Birdman, just and just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you think too, like Moto is such a unique sport where, like, because he was a privateer, right? So you know we don't have the draft and we don't have college and we don't have like this mm. funnel that just like you just you put in like a thousand dudes in the top of the funnel and then two dudes pop out of the bottom of it. Like we don't have that. Think about, like, let's keep going with basketball. That would be like a game at fucking Madison Square Garden and then at 1 p.m. they're having practice in the half court in Brooklyn. (laughs) And just everyone rocks up and they get, like, five minutes of playing basketball and then it's like, oh, you did good. You're going to go in Madison Square Garden and you're going to play in in front of the the fucking crowd and the the whole deal. And it's like, that's kind of moto. Like, moto is this weird unique sport where just like any joe off the street can go and race on the same track as you know it's like a steph curry or lebron james and then they've got to look and deal with some dude that's literally come off the street it's very strange yeah and there's like no scouting process or like my wife's godfather he used to coach the 49ers football team yeah, Steve Mariucci. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. How, yeah, but he coached the Lions, too, and they're also, like, 0-17. Oh, like, we don't talk about that one. But uh, <laughs> That wasn't his fault, yeah. surely. <laughs> it was the team. <laughs> but, like, every time I talk to him, he's, like, baffled by the sport of mm. dirt bikes because, like, nothing nothing makes sense. It doesn't correspond to every other sport. Like, I talked to him. He literally could care less because he just talks football 24-7. All people want to talk to him about football. So, like whenever we're at like a family thing or he's there like he just wants to hear kind of my side of things because it doesn't make sense to him yeah what what's like the weirdest part of it to him just how like how can you make money doing this yeah Yeah. (laughs) which is the most common question i get from everyone and it's like well i ride for a team 
uh, based out of France. They're the importer here. Uh, I have Red Bull. I have personal sponsors, and like you can make bonuses at the races. And here we are. I have a house and a family. <laughs> I live. Yeah, I live. But I the- don't have a Ferrari. I don't have a Rolls Royce, but I get by, and it's it beats sitting at a desk. So I'm going to keep trying to do it. Yeah, and I love this. Yeah, but it's the the thing that is cool about moto and i mean look at like a guy like me or a guy like pulp you know like we have we make good money off just talking about this shit yeah and the the reason why is that there's such a moto is so cool like you can start like your company you know like you have your online train like there's a it's like this interest and it's this hobby that people are super passionate about and then you need to buy the bike so there's got to be a company that makes the bike that you ride. And then you've got to have protective equipment. So you go to Alpine Stars and they make boots and helmets and all that. And then you go to, you need handlebars, you need grips, you need oil. Like there's this whole industry that is built around just this hobby. And it's so like to play basketball, you need shoes, shoes maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and you need a basketball and you need air that's in the basketball yeah. and it's like so where's the industry behind that sport you know so it's like it's a very different it's a very different dynamic and it would be very hard to make money out of but there would be there would be such a small group of people like a small industry behind like the basketball industry because like what can you make for it what do you need and then like, like a hoop a net a ball yeah and then it's like that gets completely like almost monopolized in a sense by like the spalding or like whoever just got the most market share the early like there's no one making a new basketball like there's no one making a new baseball like it's just you're not gonna come out with an electric basketball you know what i mean no no and so moto you've got like you need okay this guy races this bike and it's oh people race these bikes okay well people will buy this bike if this bike wins and you know we need this guy with this gear and so we have a really thick top-down kind of industry that is like pretty readily available and then it's like it's a kind of a sport and it's kind of entertaining so then there's like media that covers it and then there's like dudes like me that have the people on that talk you know then they talk about it so it's a pretty dope world to be involved in and like they're kind of it's kind of weird that there's this much money in such a weird niche sport and my my wife said the same thing like she'd never ever ever heard of motocross and the first time we went to the track she was just like laughed you know what is this going on just like what are you guys doing (laughs) so this is the weirdest thing i've ever seen yeah but it's like that that's actually when you look into the economics of it it's like it's a fucking pretty dumb industry go to a I don't know if you've ever been to a GNCC, but like they get like the biggest numbers of riders, but like Saturday, I don't know how many quad riders they get, but like the amount of people that show up and drink beer and cheer them on in the mud and pull them out of mud holes is insane. Then Sunday you have the moto and the bikes. So it's like C race in the morning, kids bikes, amateur stuff, B and pro race. And like the amount of RVs, the amount of bikes being bought, like, some brands literally just have a truck there just for spare parts to sell like and it's like iron man or something like that gets like 800 people signed up to race on a saturday I think like, it's more think of, yeah maybe even more so like 
think about the money just in the pits that these people are sending like spending it's it's insane or like you go to the desert on a thanksgiving weekend yeah here in california like go to the desert and it's like families all with crazy fifth wheel trailer part like trailer haulers and their bikes and their quads and their utv like even utvs now like Mm -hmm. the amount of money for this stupid hobby is astronomical but it's like it's a it's a uh like a lifestyle it's a sense of freedom i think i mean for me it's like nothing beats just like like whenever i'm hurt and I'm like, oh, I've been worst. hurt a couple of times. You're like on the couch. Like I'll just literally like crutch out to the garage when I've had a broken foot and just get on our Honda 50 and I'll just ride up and down the road just to have like yeah. the air hit my face. Yeah. It's like, it's awesome. I don't know what it is. It's like this sense of freedom, which yeah. is, you know? No, I, dude, I completely agree. I was on the phone this morning and it was like, I got up early and I had to do like a bunch of phone calls and, and, uh, yeah, my buddy, he was actually asking like about the stock and he's like, if you could own one bike and I was like three fifty, and he's laughing, he's like, I kind of hoped you'd say that. And I'm like, bro, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. <laughs> like I literally did all my phone calls just in the shed looking oh, at my bike. Whenever bikes. I chat with someone, I'm like in the garage yeah. on the phone, like playing with my clutch lever, like, yep. something's wrong I know but like so think about yeah like it it makes sense and the family like it's what you and your dad did you know it's what my dad just and my my parents they both flew over and was like world vets pit crew my dad was at the track with us every day my mom my wife like they were cooking food like you you moto is like an inbuilt lifestyle you know and like the people who are your best friends like most of the best friends you have come through this thing that you've done there's like this common ground that you can find in we like this kind of hard weird thing and we've got these skills and overcome these challenges yep we've inevitably inevitably been injured and we've dealt with injury and you know like anthony i spent we broke himself off in a billion pieces and it's like we spent all night at the hospital with him and we were like diagnosing his injuries before the doctors and like been there done that you know and it's like we there's like that sense of community and that sense of friendship and that it's that's all built into this thing yeah i mean i look back at high school like i played basketball all throughout high school and rode motorcycles and it's like i kind of hung out with friends still from high school but the only people I talk from my hometown are the ones that rode motorcycles or bicycles with yeah. me. Like, yeah. am I the outcast? I don't know. Those are the people I like hanging out with. So yeah, and there's I guess there's just like a uh, how would you say it? It's like this. It filters. There's like a filter. You're like, oh, you ride? Okay, cool. Like we <laughs> we'll accept like, you. We've built oh, you ride quads? In <laughs> think about it. <laughs> oh, dude, I've actually I've had this ankle's been playing up. I probably won't ride for a while. <laughs> But there's so many qualities that kind of like get filtered out where it's like you've got so much common ground and then it's like it's almost like, okay, you've probably got this, 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 this and this and I kind of like those things in a person, you know? Yeah. It's fucking rad. I guess that's why you're still here in SoCal. <laughs> yeah, dude. What uh, what are your bucket list things still left you want to do on a moto? Com- um, competition or otherwise? I mean, I'd like to do another Red Bull project yeah um filming one just to kind of i feel like it it's hard now with all the amount of content out there to like go viral but i'd like just to put something cool out there for the masses that's different i just like being different than moto supercross you know do you have any ideas of where or what um we've chatted i've talked with west some too about stuff um i have one that 
we talked about, but I probably can't talk about it yet. So I won't bring it up, but it would be kind of scary. I'm scared of it. So I guess that's good. That's right? a good thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a good of it. Yeah. It was like, I don't know if I could do it, but if we put harnesses on me, I'll try. <laughs> oh, that'd be. <laughs> so, but you know, I talked about doing like a similar type free ride technical thing, like Donner parting with Wes and, um, we mentioned, I think he talked to like Green River, Wyoming or something like that. Dude, that um, would be cool. But like the city would want to be included in like doing urban assault with natural. Yeah. Which would be really cool. Yeah. Because that's everyone's dream, right? To like break the law. Yeah. But make it like it's allowed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about competition wise? Any, um, any boxes still left to tick? Yeah, it'd be really hard for me at this point in my career, but I'd really... It would be amazing to Wintersburg, but I don't know if that's just ever going to happen. Yeah, just, the level's gone yeah. up, and I it's not easy being a dad and pro racer. Like people yeah. do it, but I'm still doing it, obviously. But like to that it's top hard. top thing, yeah, yeah. Like I just you have to be so selfish. Yeah, that's my problem, and like I'm I want to be there and see things in my kids' life, and and like I'm already feel like I'm so selfish to begin with you know what I mean with what I'm doing but like my wife gets it and it's how I make a living and she knows I enjoy it so like it's just that extra amount yeah to be there is it's hard yeah yeah what and what about uh like just not racing not you know anything like because I'm sort of I'm 35 as well and I'm like oh man I, I want to ride for like ages <laughs> like yeah. like my uncle shout out to my uncle who's 66 the other day and he rides more than me yeah you know he rides e-bike okay, like mountain so bikes here, this is my goal honestly is like to just like once I don't get free stuff anymore like I just want to show up to like my local motocross track on like and just to rat it out like 02 YZ 250 or just yes. like a bike no one would ever presume just some dude to be like shredding on like have like my old boots from when i was sponsored yeah like a plain white awry helmet or something (laughs) yeah and like wear a flannel and just like i just want people to be like who is that like is that guy's like what's that guy going so fast for what should sponsor yeah kind of like what is it what did dino do with the grandpa grandpa earl Earl. like that was the best dude that was amazing 25 million views bro that was Dude, I was it like, might be one of the best dirt bike films ever. I loved it. I was laughing so hard the whole time, like everyone's reactions. But like, I just think it'd be sick just to like rip my dirt bike and like, I obviously I still have skills. I hope. Yeah, yeah. But like, I want to when I'm done racing, like I still want to be continue being fit and like, yeah. And like, I don't want to be a lazy slob, you know. Like, yeah. I still want to just be healthy and go out there and ride my motorcycle but like i just want to look like a complete goon but like people are like who is this guy <laughs> dude i love that <laughs> yeah or like sign up for like a random race like just smoke and like everyone. sign up a with like no jersey and like, who is this guy <laughs> do you know um the name eric swan i was thinking yeah so eric, he's yeah. he's norcal guy he is the fucking coolest. And I thought I was going really fast at like the Hollister GP track. Cause it's like, there's very, really open. Like they used to have races there back in the day, but like first guy on the track, like crazy deep loam sand overwatered. Like I was on like my beta two stroke, like just wide open everywhere. Just to even like stay on top of the dirt. Yeah. And some dude just comes railing past me in a t-shirt 
And I was like, what the? And I look and he's, I go talk to, I knew it was Swanee right all the way as soon as he passed me. Like he's super tall, linky, over the front of the bike. Yeah, it's just weird style, but like, you know who he is when you see him. And like, I go bullshit with him afterwards and he's literally wearing a shirt that says like, I heart doobies. (laughs) Like (laughs) like the cancer one was like, dude, I literally... (laughs) <laughs> like it's just so humbling, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, the, so I'm just gonna humble people. That's my you goal. Just want to be that guy. I want to humble people. Well, I uh, my first experience with Eric Swan was Mammoth, and he's on the start line, and he's, probably in the flannel. He's got a flannel on, yeah. and he's got these like kind of Larry shift pants and two fucking braided pigtails out the back <laughs> yeah. of his helmet. And I You're was like, just this like, guy's gonna be a joke. You're like, no, I was like, this guy's fast. I kind of had a suspicion. Like, like this if, guy you're had, at, if you're dressing like that, yeah, you have to know what you're doing. Yeah, I was like, if you're at Mammoth and you're running braided pigtails and a flannel out the back in the A class, like you actually probably know some shit. Yeah. And dude, he whole shot at this race, and I was like, I just found my new fucking hero. Like he is my spirit animal, bro. And yeah. and so he, I mean, he ripped. Like I can't remember. Like if he he might have won the race or whatever it was. Like maybe he got. I don't know. He was he did good, and then he come off the track, and I was just like, dude, that's fucking unreal. And the presentation was going on, and he walked up to me with the fucking joint that was like a baseball bat, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, hey man, I really want to smoke some weed with you. <laughs> I was just like, right on, brother. Right like you're the fucking man. And then uh, yeah, sorry about well bets again, and like yeah, he's he's about it. Like he's that. I love seeing a dude like that. And just knowing that, like, core is still just real, you know? Yeah. Like, he's, like, one of those, like, a free ride snowboarder. You yeah. Know, that's just, like, doing it for the... For you the know, love. He's he just, does it for the love of the sport. Just And <laughs> just wants to be his own dude and just doesn't give a if fuck. You, you if know? you ever get up to NorCal, you'll have to ride the track on his property. It's yeah, he's, something special. Really? Yeah, it's cool. It's fun. What's it like? How would you describe it? It's like it? in the Santa Cruz mountains. So it's like all redwood forest up there and like super green and lush. And it's pretty close to the coast. Like you, I think from their house, you can maybe see the coastline probably, but it's like just to paint. It's down some windy roads, like way back there, like near San, like UCSC where a ton of mountain biking stuff is like yep. that type of community. So like he's tucked away back there and like, just hippie mountainy like you don't know what you're gonna get in santa cruz mountains like you're gonna get a granola or like some dude who's been there forever he'll shoot you off his property (laughs) (laughs) but like then uh i think it was someone else i forget it was another ex-racer that had that place back in the day but they call it the swan pound yeah but like down in this valley it's like sandyish dirt and like when it's like they'll like maybe get a dozer out there once a year after like a rainy and when it's all rain routed out and everything but like man it's it's, it's super cool alley. spot yeah it's it's nothing crazy now there's a pretty big table on but like just the dirt is sick and like huge berms and just a fun track and like you're just in a spot where you never assume a motocross track could be man that's cool yeah. i might have to put that on the on the yeah. bucket list yeah i've been i've been so into just the trips like just doing big trips with a bike and that's definitely something that I've, I feel like I'm excited to do that more and more in the future is like the like Vietnam you know like we ride across Vietnam 
and it's like you get these shitbox fucking <laughs> like shit <laughs> but it's Jason I, Thatcher the guy that owns the tours will fucking be so disappointed he loves them they're like these Chinese they're like a Harley they're called a Lifen and, and they're a 150 they're the size they weigh like 400 kilos <laughs> and it's like <laughs> dude it's so good and like you know so you, uh, I'll pay, fully paint the picture you start in one end of Vietnam and then you end on the other end of Vietnam you ride the entire country right and their whole slogan is see the real Vietnam and you're like pulling up you'll do lunch every day like breakfast is at the hotel that you stay at or that homestay or whatever and then the dinner sometimes you're at a fucking sick beach resort sometimes you're like having just random Vietnamese local food you know or street food at a market or whatever but it's like there's a whole group here and then you start there and then you're basically on the two-wheel version of a go-kart like a rental cart where like you know you go to any rental go-kart place and you just put yeah. it, hold it flat <laughs> the, the entire time that maxes out at like i mean fuck we probably do like 130 down a hill you know k's yeah and uh we're just like moto two. like there's the the sound you're going through all these like beautiful canyons like some of the most scenic like jurassic park shit and then there's just with just like these fucking bikes just wedged dude and you're like just full in a moto two battle for the entire day but it's just is it on is there like dirt roads too or is it all paved that's all paved that's all paved but then so he owns cambodian motorcycle tours which is okay i've seen that one so i haven't done that one yet my dad's done it twice and um that's probably be the next thing i do like i might try and fit that in next year and do it but that's on the dirt bikes and um but yeah those trips man like and then adventure bikes too like a they're selling an experience it's not really like oh and it's a ride like it's everything together you know it's the best experience too you know like there's friends like there was three people at that at that uh my wedding that were on the first trip i did and they stay you (laughs) know here to stay yeah yeah, you know like you make those kind (laughs) of friends when you when you do a trip like that like my i think my parents have done it like three times i've done it i've done vietnam twice like i've done two tours in there (laughs) 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 legit still here to tell the tale Uh, dude i crashed out of the second one too i fucking (laughs) yeah bro pushing it too hard kind of <laughs> but it, it rained uh, so we were fully pushing it too hard yeah. for like probably 45 minutes we just got in this mountain range and the guy the tour guides rip like fully fully rip and uh so it, we were just like kind of allowed to go behind and and we were kind of pinning it and so we sent it way too hard like locking up like both we just fucking sliding all over the road and like kind of getting pretty close to going off the side and then it started raining and so we're like all right boys shut it down like we're we're done here and then i just come around a turn hit a bit of diesel on the road like you know kind of the rain pulls it up and i low-sided and slid on my face like not everyone wears a full face helmet but i've had a bell one of the cool like retro ones so i had that on and bro i legitimately i still have the helmet i slid across my face on the on the tarmac i i it happened so quick i didn't even have time to put my hands out i actually busted my shoulder like i did my rotator cuff and uh i will never forget the sound of like my face oh. being on the concrete and just like the and then the metallic and no control there's nothing oh, you no. can do you can't slow down oh no and then just the bike just across and i'm like looking i'm like trying to look up to see if there was a fucking truck coming because i went opposite the lane bike went in a ditch like and then there's no like you kind of had to we're in a spot where you had to ride it out 
someone else's bike had shit shit itself on that day so there was already a bike in like the back of the support vehicle so i think i did 80 kilometers in the rain freezing cold with my shoulder dislocated on my throttle side and i like had to ride this bike and i ended up we we got to one hospital and it was generator powered Mm. this hospital and there was like kittens running around the thing and they were like oh we'll turn on the lights for you and i was like don't worry about it fuck it i'm going to the the next one i'm going to the next town then the next town was one of the nicest hospitals i've ever been in in my life worst hospital ever and best in the same day literally dude and then i ended up i ended up flying out i went to bali the next day but um i was like fucking peace boys i'm I'm not staying in the back i'm not staying in the back of this man but yeah like just one of the coolest things and then like the cape trip that we do so i think that's gonna be like my evolution of riding when i'm like i don't really want to do the moto thing and it's like i'm definitely it'll be more headlights so you're the more. next you and mcgregor you're gonna be like i would love that traversing across africa I would love by that. yourself no i need no. friends <laughs> i need my friends uh, i need guys that are better than me so that they can do all the hardship yeah. <laughs> like there's a, i need a lot yeah but i feel like dirt bikes like where we're like probably going to be the generation that starts creating that in a way you know what i mean yeah like right now it's well on its way i feel like and the adventure market is getting crazy for sure but it's still a lot of old dudes yeah you know it's like, not the younger generation yet yeah we're yeah. all still too busy racking our brains and we're like the stasic <laughs> kids of adventure yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah Paul Taras is ahead of us right now but we'll catch up yeah but like townley right you know like he's got his place in new zealand and he's man he he says right now that the Tenere is his favorite bike yeah you know really? it's like he's got every Pumped on it yeah he's got every type of yamaha and he does his rides and he does the tours as well yeah. in like new zealand but he's like yeah the Tenere. that's like that's my favorite bike hands down that's pretty sweet yeah, it's on its way yeah so i'm fucking i'm in a lifetime <laughs> lifetime lifer just, yeah lifetime do, do they make it in a 350 <laughs> yeah 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 give me a tenor 350 and we're and we're good uh. so hey shout out your uh this website one more time we've we've bloody we've done it mate three hours 20 minutes oh, geez. Uh, yeah cw2 training.com it's it's pretty simple yeah and then, um but yeah it's I'm still working on it. Maybe like February, I'll have everything done. It's a lot of work, I found out. Yeah, it is a lot. But of work. Uh, hopefully, it's worth it for everybody. Yeah, it will be. And yeah. anything else that you got coming up this year? Where should people go? What should people do to see the uh, the, uh, the Cody in, in action? Yeah, the Cody. Um, I got YouTube. There's some stuff on there. I mean, oh, sick. Yeah, but like, it's uh, like I said, it's me, myself, and I, and trying to handle two kids and stuff gets up periodically. So. I try. I do my best. But yeah, we're finishing off Enduro Cross this weekend in Reno. Yeah. I was tied for second in points. I had a shit last weekend, so now I'm fourth. But mathematically, there's still a chance. But I feel like um, Lloyd Christmas and Dumb and Dumber, there's really not a chance. <laughs> so I'm going to go out swinging. And then uh, after Thanksgiving, I'm going to the roof of Africa just for the hell of it. Really? Which sounds like a terrible idea, but I wanted to keep my airline status, so I needed some miles. So oh, <laughs> I had to work in work vacation. It's not going to be a vacation at all. It's So what What are you going to do? What's the well, trip? The roof of Africa is, uh, I think it's like a two or three day. It's like the original Hardenduro, they say, from like the 70s. Wow. So it's kind of like a rally in, uh, down in South Africa. Really? Yeah. That's it. Are you just going down? So by it'll yourself? be like a sick. Yeah, yeah. I'm flying out by myself. I got help from Sherco, 
South Africa. Yeah. And literally I was just like trying to figure out today, like where I'm staying. They're like, be here then. I'm like, okay, no way. let's give this a go. So yeah, I'm borrowing a bike from them. Uh, they're kind of running chase team for myself and Wade Young. And then, um, yeah, I think it'll be sick. I've never been to Africa. Like I'm pretty excited. And when I talk to some of the racers that done it, like you're passing through like tribal areas and really? it's just like one of those Love bucket that. list things where yeah. like, if I got the opportunity, I might as well do it and I'll probably go and I'll never want to do it again, but I can, you know, tell my kid I was something cool back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, Africa would be such a crazy experience. Yeah. Never been. So I'm looking forward to that. Have you had to do all like the malaria shots and like you've been doing all that I don't think so. I didn't, I looked into it, but I didn't need anything. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. So I don't know. Maybe I'll just wing it and see what happens. (laughs) Just don't get you. It's like hyper paranoid. You just smell like Aragard. I don't know what you guys call it here, (laughs) but you're just like showering in Aragard all night. I don't even know what that is, but yeah, sure. It's what's the bug spray here then? What do you call it? Oh, I don't know. There's a couple of different ones. I can't remember right now. It's got DEET in it. One of them's got DEET. I don't know. Yeah, we call it. We it's like Aragard. That was like the big, the big one back home. I don't remember. But yeah, Africa would be sick. That's still on my bucket list. I've never been. Yeah, yeah. So I'm taking this opportunity while I can. And what's so? What's the format of it? It's like hard enduro slash. Yeah, it's rally. a prologue. So the prologue looks like you're like ripping city streets and then like stuff around town. So like last year's was like on starting on the streets and then you go up into like the hillsides and stuff. And then it's like, I believe it's two days, um, but GPS format. So um, you got waypoints. You got to yeah. Hit. So you just follow a track on a GPS thing. Yeah on the bars and it's two days probably five hours a day or so yeah right so it'll suck but it's i mean it'll be sick yeah cool. at the end of the day i'll be pumped i went what how long is the flight from here like where have you got to go <laughs> so bad i go denver to newark yeah new jersey and then because i fly united and then newark to johannesburg which oh. is like 14 hours yeah so it's just be a big flight down yeah there. and i have i put in my upgrade point so let's hope fingers crossed it's just gonna suck to be in the back so i'm oh. i'm getting where well, we're getting upgraded don't worry about it I you're use short, my points, so it's fine <laughs> yeah i'm only six three <laughs> fuck that'd be a sick trip yeah that'd be a super sick trip well best of luck mate yeah and uh thank you for doing this yeah no i had a good time yeah that came out yeah this was awesome and uh we'll do it again at some point we some should point. Do, we should do a trip we should do some kind of ride trip together yeah ride trip maybe after mesquite we'll go to st george yeah what's the like mountain bike or well st george is a little bit of everything you can mountain bike or utv be an old man and are you still running the acoustic e-bike or are you i got uh, both bikes what do you ride the most i got a pivot okay yeah so i have i actually have three pivots <laughs> so you've got a bit of a thing with those guys. yeah i got a thing but i have the trail 429 which is like their not cross country but like trail bike yeah and yep. honestly that's the one i ride the most and it's naturally because it's like 130 yeah and it's yep. 130 mil and it's sick it's just it's better for technical stuff and then i got a firebird which is an enduro yeah and it's obviously good at going downhill but i don't like climbing on it yeah yeah and then their shuttle is sick i got the lt so i got the bigger battery bigger suspension yeah but not many people have e-bikes so i end up on my trail 429 yeah oh not many people have e-bikes up there it's hit or miss yeah okay dude i just don't know if i'm mountain biking without an e-bike these i days. know it's so much better it's insane you know what's i crazy? love when people get so pissed online at e-bikes i'm like dude you hate having fun yeah yeah like yeah well go the, back to your hole yeah and just smash some, your keyboard some more yeah, yeah put on some lycra suck back <laughs> a fucking gel <laughs> and then stick the wrapper up your go heart. drink a cortado mid-stop <laughs> on the ride <laughs>
Have your little mustache. I mean, come on. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Well, dude, you can just send an e-bike all day. Yeah. Uphill send, downhill send. Yeah. Uphill send, down. It's like, oh, I would rather pedal with my legs and hit three downhills a day. And I'm like, okay, I'll pedal with my legs plus this motor and I'll hit (laughs) nine downhills a day. Like we are doing this. Like you said, gravity always wins. Yeah. We should leave it at gravity always wins. Yes, it does. All righty. Thank you so much, bro. I'll see you at Mesquite. I don't know the date, but it's in early March. If you listen to this podcast, get on uh, Cody's training, send your email to him, uh, and then he'll send you an email back when it's ready to rip. And also look out for some info. Actually, by the time this podcast comes out, I'll probably have all the dates and stuff. Cody Webb will be there. He'll be doing the Ironman all 500 minutes <laughs> of this oh, race in Mesquite. Uh, I'm getting a Sherco 300 apparently for the race, uh, and it'll be a good time. So come and be enduro with us Headlight Warriors. Yeah, see you guys there. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Oh. Thank you so much.